0: The MX voice, show, show, show. show, show.
1: Just my luck that you're not on my side. So what happens now? Where did you go?
0: With these feelings, I.
1: Welcome to episode 15 of the MX Vice Show. We are back. Presented by 24MX, Europe's largest e commerce store and your one stop shop for all things motocross. So much has happened. Where do we start? First of all, I'd like to thank our sponsors Talon Wheels, Extra Triple Clamps, Liat, Recluse Clutches, Atlas Braces, for all their continued support. I'm James Burford, and alongside me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, okay. And in the studio is Rob, our producer uh, from Jukebox Beats, who uh, makes us sound okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. It's going to be okay today. Not great.
1: I mean, we're just, well, it is. There's a lot of
2: rust to knock off today. A lot of rust. Good to be back? Well, I never went anywhere. I did. Yeah. I've been working hard. Yep. Doing all of that stuff. Yeah. While you've been on holiday, so is it good for you to be back?
1: Yep. And your Uncle Juan, he said hello. What? El Diablo. Uncle Juan,
2: El Diablo. You can't He's even make that joke anymore because it's been so long that no one even understands what you're talking about. What about your tash? Yeah, it's actually grown back already. That's a lie.
1: No, it's not. You even touching it now. No, because
2: I just checked. That's a lie. No, look at look, look at Lewis. Look at look at Rob. That's got long gone. Rob hasn't even got a mic, so I don't know why you're involving him in this. It's, if you shave this morning, it's actually I don't know if you've seen, but it's actually coming back already. Yeah, that's how the world works. <laughs> not in two hours. So what have I missed? Well, since you went there, since you well, left, since you left, since you left. Yeah. I went to Indonesia. Yeah. And then Indonesia again. How was that? Great. How did you get on? Tell us about Indonesia because um, we, we obviously heard your stories before you went. Was it better this time? It wasn't as, um, I, I mean, after my previous experiences, I went there with a lot of uh, posters of myself, a lot of Sharpies, because obviously you don't want to run out halfway through an autograph, do you? Because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> so I went with, um, yeah, posters, Sharpies, a little bit of like key rings with my name on it, just to like, get the word out there, like build my brand in Indonesia. Yeah. No one seemed interested this time. Really? I don't know if I peaked too early. Yeah. I had a few photos, but that was it. I yeah. came home with a thousand posters that I never did manage to get rid of. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so um, you, you wasn't as popular this time? No.
1: Okay. Which really hurt my ego. <laughs> it was very hurt. But you did have
2: one autograph signing, didn't you? Uh, no, I had a fair few. Oh, was it a photo? Photo. I'd, I'd, I still had like probably 25, 30 photos. Okay. But just not what I'm, not what I'm used to.
1: Yeah. That's got, that's got to hit you a little. Bit. I
2: even like stood in the middle of a mall with a crowd of people and just like went, <coughs> Oh, wow. Look at me! You just arrived in Indonesia, hoping that I would get their attention, but I just didn't get. No. <laughs> so I heard that you had a photo with uh, uh, someone's child. Uh, yeah, some guy. I was walking through the mall on my own. Yeah, typical. And uh, some guy was like, "Mister, Mister, Mister." I was like, "Yep, that's me, I guess." He was like, "Have a photo of my son." Not that clearly. It was very it was basically like a game of charades. So I was like, so I knelt down next to his son. Have a photo of my son, or have a photo with my son? With my son. So I knelt down next to his son. I felt like Mickey Mouse at Disney. Like just knelt there, gave it my best grin. And yeah. I was like, brilliant, I'm done. And then as I went to walk away, the guy was like, Mr, Mr, and pointed at his son again. And I didn't know if he wanted me to like take him home with me or I don't, I don't know what he wanted me to do. Be very careful. And yeah. um, he went, Mr, Mr. And he pointed at his kid and then he did like a hugging gesture. As, and I was like, what? And he, and he like, kept doing this like hugging gesture. And he wanted a photo of me hugging his kid. And at that point, I had to walk away. Yeah. At that point, I was, I just, I, I felt like it was in my interest that to go into like
1: entrapment.
2: Well, personally, I felt like I was going to lay one finger on a kid, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> be uh, careful you put that and finger. Then, and then out of nowhere, there would be like a camera crew that would jump out of the bush and be like, "We've caught him now." Was predators there, undercover. Was there a bush in the mall? Yeah. Okay. They're quite fancy malls there, okay. But yeah, no. Basically, it wasn't um, like where we went to Penang, Penang in previous years. That was a very small island where they don't really see people. Anyone else, no one goes there. They wear grass skirts and stuff. So when we landed, they would be very like, wow, I cannot believe my eyes. There's a white person. Whereas I guess Palembang and Semarang, which we've been to before, I guess they just are used to it. Okay. So I don't know. I, I, next year, I won't invest in as many posters. Okay, yeah, lesson learned. learned. Very disappointing. I'm currently in debt to
1: all my posters. Actually, I really thought it'd work out. So uh, I can recommend Mexico. It's I do very actually. Nice. I
2: do. Okay, no one, A, no one cares, and B, I've got something else to say about Indonesia okay. quickly because I felt right. this is when I was looking at this, I was like, I should really say this on a podcast, but obviously you were on holiday and couldn't be fucked, so yeah, we didn't do one. Yeah, um, like you land at Palembang or Semarang, both. And the second you get off a the plane, there are so many MXGP banners, it's unreal. Like, the second you get off the plane and walk along the little bridge thing to the terminal, there's a poster that says, Welcome MXGP, which is like, wow. And then the whole walkway from the to, from the little gates to the uh, passport control, there's posters saying, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, where obviously they're getting the attention of people who are just flying in out of nowhere. Yeah. Then you go to baggage claim. In the middle of the little baggage claim carousel thing, there's TVs that had highlights from MXGP all year on there. And then there was a band just singing along songs. Like, what, MXGP, MXGP song. No, but they were stood in front of an MXGP banner, like, just welcoming us. Like, it's pretty um, phenomenal how wow. much they care. And I mean, they don't care about me, apparently, but pretty phenomenal how much they care about just... Well, XGP in general but like they really put thought into it interesting you say
1: that because when I was on the beach and sat there with my iPad oh, and, this sounds relevant um, looking at all the comments everybody's saying about how shit Indonesia
2: is the, the fan, no the fans were quite there was no shortage of fans there that's for sure and I, I don't think I was trying to figure out how much ticket prices were but I didn't really get to the bottom of that.
1: But it's like, are the comments justified from the people who live in
2: 1980? I always say, I get where people are coming from because before I went to Qatar, I was like, this looks a bit weird. Like, what is this? And now, I've been to Qatar, obviously. I want to go back because I was like, that was a cool race. Like, I get that. That was a cool place to start the season that had its, like, unique USPs and everything. Like, that was cool. Right. And I imagine, obviously, I've been to Indonesia every year, but I'd imagine if I don't go one year... I would look at it. Well, actually, I guess I'd have the knowledge of being there. If I, if I had never been to Indonesia and watched it on TV, I guess I would look at it and be like, oh, this is a bit weird. But being there is just such a different experience. And I know I'm lucky to be there and everything, but I feel like people get on me for saying this stuff. But I feel like that's kind of my job to go there and come back with this information. Yeah. Like, don't hate the player, hate the game.
1: Okay, because there's the this age-old argument, which is probably going to go on for about another 10 years, and we're all going to be
2: bored shitless of it. But people are quite right in that there's only 20 on the line because that's... Okay, and I need to do this quickly as well. That's because of injuries. If there was not injuries, we would have had Herlins, Caroli, DeSalle, Lieber. I'm going off the top of my head now because it was a while ago. That's that's four. Definitely would have been there. Factory team 100% would have been on the line. Yeah. If Tommy hadn't moved across to KRT, he would have gone with Boss. That's five. Who else yeah. was missing at the time? Yep, that's another. That's six. So then you're up to 26. Well, actually, there was like 23 online. The so then you're up to 29. Uh, Lupino Pacharel, both of those would have been there oh yeah 31 like and I'm talking definite like 100% those teams would have paid yeah. to go because they're not they have always done the flyaways uh, who else I can't remember who else was missing at the time but you get my point like yes, yeah you're straight at to 30 riders Indo- so Indonesia takes difference. some of the blame but also like we've had a shit year with injuries yeah and it happens yeah like oh yeah there's not going to be many people in China well actually Tommy will be there with KRT. Hurlings will be back yeah Lupino's back like now so it all kind of adds up and works out quite nicely Okay, so
1: justified in some ways, but otherwise
2: there, there's injuries. There would be another ten riders online. Just one more thing to say about the promotion that I said about. Yeah, when I interviewed David Luongo about it, I said like, "Is this like a requirement? Do you put it in the contract?" But they have to do this, and he said it's kind of like an open book. But he wishes that every promoter would do that. Wow. So it kind of shows that maybe the Indonesian promoter, who is actually the federation, I didn't realize this, but they've actually just got to deal with a federation, and then the federation find the places to go. Okay, you didn't miss that interview, did you? <laughs>
1: No, but I did see some comments online where um, uh, somebody was saying, "Don't worry about the track this year because next year they've got a really good one." Hey, eh? it, um, <laughs> it was on it was on Twitter. That we were involved in a the conversation. There was a guy basically saying, "Great race," but like he was trying to apologise for his country putting the, that track on. But he said that next year there's a really good track coming.
2: Well, I, I okay, I don't know how <laughs> you, need, no to idea would have found you it. need to get online. You need to get online, actually, that's one more thing I need to say. We're moving. Like we're not meant to be talking about Indonesia, but just one more quickly thing. We weren't meant to be at that track alongside them all. Yeah, we were originally going to be somewhere else in Palembang, but the ground was so soft and just like a swamp from rain that there was no way to get in there. Which was why, up until like a month before the race, there was lots of rumours about whether it was going to go ahead. And then when I, once I got there, I found out that actually it wasn't going to be alongside that hotel at all. And that just kind of fit. And it actually ended up being quite good. Everyone says that Semarang was um, like the better track, but all of the riders preferred Palembang. Okay, facts. There we go. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I'm just going there, getting this information, and I—that <laughs> you are I'm just bringing it home like that. You are. I could sit here and just trodge the same old lines that everyone else is, but I know, I know stuff. I'm privy to information that other people don't get, and it's my job as this person yeah. to bring this to the people. There we go. Okay, thanks for bringing it. And then we had Lockett. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it. Okay, so we can move
1: swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a track I like. I yeah. like Lockett. It's, it's a pretty cool track. Yeah, but we've been there before, so there's not much yeah. to say.
2: No, there and, would have been last week.
1: But. And the resurgence of Adam Sterry.
2: Okay, yeah, you can talk about that later because Lommel was just as good. Okay, yeah, well, it was
1: very good, but I'm just saying that it was the, the resurgence, the start. Yeah. Okay, so. So. How is was Lommel. <laughs> I managed to get to Lommel. Yeah, was,
2: actually, no, you didn't actually get to Lommel. Oh, I didn't, no. You got to Eindhoven. Eindhoven. I Close. got to Eindhoven,
1: yeah. And then, uh, just for some family reasons, for those who don't know, my uh, middle daughter probably shouldn't know. Uh, uh, it's fine. Um, she has autism. We have good Smooth. days and bad days. <laughs> Smooth delivery on that. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, she suffers from autism and she's only been diagnosed last couple of years. And it's a real difficult journey for us and for her. On the Thursday night, I had a phone call and I needed to get back home. So um, I got close to going to a GP.
2: And if you were at Lomo and you saw me running around like I was going to die, it was because I took on all of James's meetings and jobs as well as my own, which almost killed me. Yeah, I've got to thank you for that because I did have quite a few uh, meetings lined up.
1: Yep. So um, an apologies to all these people. I I, I didn't get a meeting, but hopefully uh, I'll be there in
2: Imola. No, you will, won't you? Yeah, i may. And you're doing Sweden, and I'm doing and you Sweden. Think you're doing Turkey? Yes, and you're maybe doing China. Yeah, okay. uh, no, no. Okay, I, no, I doubt if I'll be doing China. Okay, great. Great for you to tell me that after I've already filled out all of the forms for your visa. Yeah, appreciate that. That's okay.
1: They're watching me anyway. So the weekend. Yep.
2: What about it? Talk us through. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's how this goes. Um, <laughs> the weekend. Well, was, I wasn't there. The I we- can't help you. The weekend was all about uh, Max Anstey. Yeah. Yep, all about him. Absolutely, categorically, no doubt in my mind, he was the best MXGP rider. No doubt. No one can argue with me. Try and argue with me, and I'll shoot you down. Was there specific places in the track he was finding in time, or was it just everywhere? Uh, Geyser said that he was really good from the finish line to the, like, tabletop single thing coming back onto the start that everyone was launching. Okay, and he was that Berm after the quad was where he made quite a few passes, and he was really good there.
1: So is that the the wave section with the
2: outside the VIP area? Yeah. Okay. The quad. Yeah, yeah. But no, honestly, if you like ignore the results, ignore the times, ignore everything, just watch riders go around the track, and you would you would have been like bloody hell, like he is a lot faster than everyone else. Like it was very evident that he's got sand skills that others maybe don't possess, which is fine. He was phenomenal, and it's a shame that he didn't obviously get the overall because he deserved it or stand on a podium. But I feel like in a way, maybe that first turn crash and the banged up shoulder and head and everything made that second moto even more impressive. Yeah. So that doesn't help the lack of a bonus check and the <laughs> lack of a trophy. But yeah. It's kind of But good to see him to get a race win. Oh yeah. And he And he did look dominant all weekend. Yeah, and he his shoulder was fine, but not as fine as maybe... It was still impressive for him to win with the beaten up shoulder in the second race. I was talking to him the other day and I think it's still a bit beaten up now. That's fine. It's not injured or anything, but he's still feeling like a bit sore and stiff from the, from the uh, crash. Okay, And yet he managed to go out. And you've got to think Lomo as well, he didn't see what the track was like at all in that first moto. So he went from warm-up, which was smooth, relatively talking, yeah. to the second moto with just a sighting in that. Okay. And still managed to just immediately like set the fastest times, take the lead and run away. And then... Crash? Yeah, did you see the crash? I didn't see the crash. Oh, it was by seeing him go down.
1: Do you want me to shut? Wait, I'll show you now. It's pretty dirty. Okay. Yeah, because I seen him get get down, and then
2: uh, I think I was having my Curacy Cinnamon by then. Your what? Curacy Cinnamon. I had jet lag. Oh. It's going to be loud. Wait, let me see if I turn the volume down. Okay. Um, James is now watching the tape. He's Ooh. now watching the Oh, he's just Ooh. said all. Oh, he said all again. Oh. he said all again. That's a big one. Uh, Max's description of his crash was he winded... That was like a bucking bronco. Yeah, he said he winded himself and he was down and he felt like Tyson Fury in a boxing ring and the count was on. And he was watching where Geyser was, like, coming. And he was like, right, I've got 10 seconds to just breathe. So he was on the floor and the count was on and he knew he had to get up. Really? Yes. Yeah. So he was that winded? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, listen to the post-race podcast I did with him. Do you do him? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. He's actually a very, very good interview. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. yeah. But no, it was. I feel like the win uh, wasn't surprising for Max at all, because it's been coming. Well, Valkenswaard, he was, he was close. But not even that. Uh, Indonesia, the first Indonesia, he was ridiculously good. The second Indonesia, he was better than the results show. Locket, he was ridiculously good. Again, the results don't quite show it, but look at the times. He could have been on a podium if he hadn't mucked up his Saturday. Which, it turns out, was a result of him testing an engine in the week and then finding out that he went the wrong way for Lockett. Do you know what, um, interesting scenario, I think it, uh, was it
1: 17? When, was it Koldenoff who won Assen in 17? Or uh-huh. was that, <laughs> did Klen Koldenoff win the GP at Assen? No. In 17? No. What was the GP he won? And Latvia then, 2015. Was it Latvia 2015? And that's when the KTM deal came Yeah. On. Okay, so it was 2015, was it? Yeah. Really, he's been on, year 2015. Damn, he's been on Red Bulls four years.
2: Well, he's not on there anymore. Oh yeah, two years with standing, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, one year we're standing. Oh, okay. Are Thanks. you okay? <laughs> no. No, I'm not well, okay. And your point is <laughs> Well, it's interesting
1: because I can imagine that I'm sure that the, the phone's been ringing for Max since well, he's got that win. But if he'd if he would dominated with the the one one, the overall and everything else, I can imagine a team just saying, right, we need him.
2: Yeah, Max hasn't signed anything for next year at the moment. I think he's gonna learn more soon, but The fact is, he can win races. You can sign him and you can be pretty confident about winning races. Being truthfully honest here, if you sign Max, I think you can be confident you're going to get a race win. If you sign DeSalle, I don't think you can be confident of that. Because whilst DeSalle is consistently third, fourth, fifth, he doesn't have the highs that Max does. Max has these highs that are just insane. When was the last time that DeSalle won? Russia 2018. Yeah, I didn't think it was that long ago. No, it isn't, but I, just, no. I feel like those days are behind us. Okay, we talk. Yeah. It wasn't even there. Not to pick on DeSalle, but there's lots of riders like that. Yeah. And the, like, the value that Sanding Construct must have got from Max at the weekend, especially it being their home race, Yeah, is insane. Did we have Max picked as a race winner this year? I can't remember.
1: When we were talking about Herlin's Caroli, who was going to win outside of that at the start of the year? I can't remember. Well, maybe we need to revisit episode one. But maybe we did.
2: Maybe I did. I've always been there. Really? I don't know. I think probably me if there's anybody. So that was good to see.
1: Nice timing for for an Cross of Nations.
2: Oh, if Max isn't on the team, then I'm burning shit down. <laughs> really? I've already gone on record as this. You don't listen to my interviews. When I interviewed him in Asia, I said, have you heard anything about the nations? And he said, no. And then I jumped in with, if you're not on the team, I will burn shit down. Okay. So that's uh, where I'm at. <laughs> right.
1: Wait. <don't, laughs> I don't know where to go from here.
2: Wait, should I break some little bit of news?
1: Do it. Why not? We've we've been away for a while. We haven't got in trouble it's for a long not, time.
2: No, I don't think we're going to get in trouble for this. It's not official. No, it's not an important thing. But I th- from what I hear, the shortlist for Team GB, yeah, is Max, Tommy, Hang on, Sean. We... No, because it's only a shortlist. Oh, okay. The shortlist, so the riders who could like these are. The, it's been narrowed down too. Max, Tommy, Sean, Ben, Adam, which isn't shocking because that's Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's not friggin no, but still, that is a my mum could come (laughs) up with that, and she's never even heard of. (laughs) Sean Simpson. (laughs) No, but that's um, there's a lot of people that are saying Nathan Watson and obviously Dean Wilson. But as far as I hear from riders, they've been told the shortlist is I did see something online about Nathan
1: Watson. Oh, there's Um, lots. Where's that come from?
2: Well, he's good in the sand, isn't he? Okay, but I spoke to Ben about it, and even Ben was like, "Yeah, everyone seems to be very keen on that." Wow. Yeah, but Nathan hasn't ridden in a long time motocross. No. So you've got to factor that in. Like, yeah, he's an amazing sand rider, but at the end of the day, somehow Britain has got many, many incredible sand riders. Yeah, interesting. But, I, like, um, I like Nathan. Back to Max. It's, okay, brilliant. Back to Max, um, the, maybe the most surprising thing was after he got up from that crash in the second race, he was winded. A front brake was all the way down. I'll tell you this because you didn't listen to the interview. No. He uses a front brake a lot in the sand, even though you're not meant to, because he uses it to just like straighten himself out. Yeah. And he couldn't use his front brake after the crash. So he had to properly like adjust his style and everything to that. And then once he got going, he took six seconds out of Geyser in a lap and a half. Jesus. He did a second a sector for six sectors in a row. Wow. Like if, what more do you need? Yeah. Like I say, tell me Max wasn't the best rider. Come on. Come on. (laughs) You know, one, one thing I've learned from, is because I've been away from you for a long time, but you got very aggressive. Huh? You're
1: very aggressive.
2: Well, people are mean to me. Are they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> who's been mean to you? Come and talk to me. You
2: know who's been mean to me.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. I'm yeah. going to get you a massage of happy endings. No
2: after. one puts Lewis in the corner. No <laughs>
1: one Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know where that's from. I just... No, that's from Dirty Dancing. Oh, no.
2: nobody, nobody puts baby. Is that, in the not, corner. Oh, is that not really relevant to this conversation?
1: Well, unless you want to put yourself as baby in the corner and, no, uh, come really and I come along and look going after going you. For.
2: That's not really what I was going for. Okay. Um. That's that. Uh, another interesting little factoid. Yep. I guess you could call it a stat, but <laughs> I won't label it as that because that's not really my department, is it? Are you not a stat master? No, no, no. No, no there's a self-proclaimed one of those. Uh, okay. Um... And so I wouldn't want to step on any toes. No. Actually, that stat doesn't work. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm not, work i am looking i am not i have meant to work this out and I was going to, um, I was going to do it. I tell, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll get this after the Liz, break. You can't do this on live on TV. Yeah. I'm going to do this after the, I'm going to do this in the break because yeah. I, I thought it'd be easier for me to work out, but it turns out it's not.
1: Well, um, actually we, uh, we're going to take a little break because we're about to
2: get some, uh, some French news. Oh yeah. It's that time already. So, um, we'll be back, uh, in five minutes when we will know what the French nations team is. Perfect. How exciting. There we go. The
0: MX
3: For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at motocrossvice on Twitter, and search mx vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian.
1: The MX there we go. Team France been uh, announced.
2: And uh, Lewis, who's in the team? I like how you do the drum roll like everyone wouldn't have already seen it by the time we do this. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's no surprise. It's Gotier, Tom, and Roman. So shock. Okay. Oh, I am a bit shocked that Paul Ann's um, MXGP though. Okay, why? I don't know. It's a bit of a kick in the bollocks for Roman, isn't it? What well, do you think? The open class is kind of... Well, no. I just feel like Roman, I, I just feel like can we not just let Roman lead the team for once? Like he's clearly their best 450 rider. Can we not just let him lead the team? Let him have that. Like maybe he doesn't care, but can we not just let him? More of a you thing. Yeah, I just—I don't know. I just feel like can we not let him do that? Go to his His turn. Like, let's just put him in the open. So who else was was in? To the be running? fair, Roman did lead the team in 2016. I think was that 2016? Majora? I think he was number one there.
1: Yeah, he was. No, oh, who was? It? Who else was in the running?
2: No, no, no Marvin. Marvin
1: because Marvin's. Yeah. Dylan bowed out.
2: Dylan. So it's obvious, really. It's no. not a shocking team at all. Any other riders that could have gone in? Well, uh, they said put Barami in. Barami or ticks here. You yeah. can tell by the tone of my voice that so that's ridiculous. He, he did ride last year. Yeah, dnf to race. It's yeah, okay. not like he helped. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he helped. He did a great work. Fuck uh, <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> I was joking. Okay. I was joking. I was being dry. <laughs> yeah, so where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> so is
1: that the first team announced? No. Okay. Are you having a laugh? No, not have a laugh. Like, who else is? I've missed so much. Talk me through it. Who, who's been act so far? Ireland. And? <laughs> yeah, the... and...
2: <laughs> no offense to Ireland, but it's, it's the same free riders every year, isn't it? Um, no, we got... I'm, like, I'm not even going to... Next. Uh... <laughs> I, got, I almost fell into that trap. Um, uh, Belgium. Yep. Van Horbick That was only the weekend, yeah. Yep. Van Horbick Gert Stribos. Yep. Switzerland. Uh, oh, yeah, i seen that Suer, one. Grillo, yeah. Guillo, and Thomas. Okay. So we've had, what's that, four? Four teams yep. so far? Okay. And uh, no one, they're, they're not the strongest teams. No, but we, that's not surprising with the injuries. I mean, France is strong, but it's not exceptional. I would have been more happy with France, but Viau showed No, the Viau isn't even my, I would have, I was worried about Vial before Lommel, but Lommel was fine for him. I have no questions about Viau. Paulan, on the other hand. Well, just because of his current form. Well, he was 10th for Lommel. Yeah. Although, you've got to remember, the nation's, is he running injured at the moment? Uh, he was. Okay. But he's meant to be like a lot better now. You need to get to the bottom of that. One. I did at it. He said he was a lot better now. Oh. Okay. And actually he said he was 100%. Uh, dirty little secret is that... Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the Nations isn't actually that deep. Like okay. If you compare it to an MXGP or an AMA, yeah. the field has, it isn't actually that deep because obviously you're taking riders out because they didn't get picked. Although paul Lamb was tenth at Lommel and that's worrying, that would probably be fifth in MXGP at the nations, which is fine. Okay. So I guess it's not that much to worry about. They'll win if they win, they'll win on consistency. They won't win on being amazing. Okay. If if the Netherlands win, the Netherlands will win on being downright amazing and going one one, blah, 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 blah. If France win, they'll win by going three six, five four, two eight, like stuff like that.
1: Okay, so we've got the, uh, the five horse spin kind of talked about for the UK. Um, uh, Neverland
2: should be coming soon. They're just making a decision. I think they were meant to make a decision on Monday, so I don't know when it will be announced, but that's kind of wrapping itself up now.
1: Well, we know Herlands is going to be
2: one. Well, yeah, he said in my... Um, Koldenhoff, number yeah. two. And then MX2, they could either have in or uh, Rowan van der Moosdyk. Van Moosdyk. Who killed them at Lommel. Killed them? I think he was like 30 seconds ahead of each time, if not more. Wow. Uh, speaking of EMX 250. Yeah. 13 points. Three riders going into the last round. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm actually, normally I don't you've, have time to watch. You might even get out for that one. Well, normally I don't have time to watch, <laughs> but I swear to God I am going to make, I don't know how, but I'm going to make time to stand and watch that because it should wow. be quite good. Because all three of those riders aren't exactly scared to... Um, now you've just added more pressure to those guys. Well, because I'll be watching. Yeah. I'll be watching. Yeah. And judging. Judging. Um, Yeah, so that'll be big. And none, all of those, three of those guys are they're not really scared to what they need to do so hang it out yeah cool Okay. although I would hate to be on the um, other end of a slam from Ferrato yeah can you imagine uh, has he been signed next year I don't know I don't know what his contract situation is his okay. teammate Mattia Guadagnini yeah. was signed for MX250 for next year we like him don't we we're big fans okay yeah yeah he's, he's a rising talent yeah, good yeah. Rider. but yeah that's the four nations teams that we've got at the moment Holland should come soon Germany I'm hearing now Roxham won't be doing it which isn't a surprise And Nagel is up in the air, so who knows what they'll do. Italy's obviously limping through because Caroli is out, so that's not going to be the strongest team. GB should be strong. Yeah. Australia? Australia, depending on a few different things, should be strong. But Beaton should be fine for the nations. Evans will be. Maybe they can have Hunter if he's back in time. In theory, this has got to be the US's... uh, Well... Okay, we're not. You're going to get me. You're going to get me talking now.
1: No, I'm just. I was just going to make a, you know, a comment saying actually, in theory, this could be the US's a good opportunity for them to to
2: win. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't. No, know why, if, I don't know why everyone's just writing them off. They were third at Lommel. If they can get third at Lommel, why can't they get yeah. third again or better? It's for USA. Let's not forget that how good the Americans are. Yeah, like would not shock me if they won at all. And if again, like France, if they won, it would be on consistency, like two, two, three, five, yeah. six, eight. But that's that's fine. That's how most people do it. With the amount of injuries, I think they've got a very good chance. Yeah, and their teams announced on Saturday.
1: So, but we expect it to be possibly Anderson, Anderson Osborne, Coop. and Cooper, and Cooper. Yeah. yeah, back to Lommel. Back to Lommel. We know that obviously Tim had another consistent weekend. He's doing everything he needs to win the world title.
2: Yeah, two First rider to or first MXGP rider to win the overall with a two two since um sell at uh, Assen in 2016.
1: Yeah, thanks for that.
2: Wow. Stats. Stats. Statmaster. I don't know if I'm allowed, but stats. Okay. Sorry. Um, Sorry.
1: So we know that he's dialed in for next year anyway. He's on Honda um, HRC oh, again. Oh, Tim, yeah. Yep. No changes there. And looks like him in the, the Garibaldi kind of journey is going to carry on.
2: Yeah. I was surprised to hear Tim say he was actually, if he's being honest, happy he didn't win the title at Lobel. Really? Wow. Where- but I guess Imola's closer, yeah, to, closer to... Yeah, it's closer to the team, and, and there's going to be a lot of Slovenians there. Mm-hmm. It's quite close to Slovenia, as far as I can gather. So Maybe he's just thinking the party's going to be a lot better. Well, he obviously wants to be clo- He wants it to be special for the team, and it's going to be special for him if it's closer to Slovenia. So. Yeah. And I think he needs 13 points in the first race. As long as he finishes eighth, he'll win the title after the first race. But even if he doesn't win it in the first race, he'll win it in the second. And if he doesn't win it in the second, he'll win it in Sweden. And if he doesn't win it in Sweden, he'll win it in Turkey. Like He's got a lot of time to play with. So yeah. congrats, Tim. Yeah. Congrats.
1: Well, he's been there. He's been consistent. And, you know, it's kind of that season what we talked about in the very first couple of podcasts when we were talking about what would
2: happen if the big hitters did go out. Would we have a 2016? But there we go. Him yeah. winning Lombo with a 2-2 just sums up how perfect his year has been. He can't put a foot wrong. No. It was interesting. Um, obviously, you listened to the Herlin's interview. I didn't lock it. Yes. Yeah.
1: You did? Uh, yep. Why would you say yes if you didn't? I actually read it. I didn't listen to it. You read
2: I, it? I read it, yeah. It was like a 25-minute read. I know. I had a lot of time on did my you hands when I was on holiday. Yeah, oh, it were good. you on holiday at that point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were, weren't you? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Just good? It was all right.
1: There was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of talk about it. And then I kind of read it and was like, You're having a laugh? <laughs> You actually having a laugh? No, it was good. It was good. It was well done, mate. You Everyone can... liked
2: it. Yeah. Don't do this. No, it's fine. No, it was really good. It was really good. Oh, well great. done. Well, that's my rating, isn't it? Jesus. No. Yeah, great. Brilliant. Well, I guess we'll move on then. What else do you want me to say? What about, are there bits in there of what you want to talk about? I was just going to say, it was interesting to hear him talk about Geyser and how if he had had the same crashes that Geyser had this year, he'd probably be in a wheelchair. Yeah. That, that did make me chuckle. Just kind of make it like, like I said, at Latvia at the time, like Geyser had that massive crash in the waves. And yeah, it was the KTM riders who had smaller crashes, who both got injured. And you've got to kind of look at that and go, uh, That a dice roll. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Geyser is well on his way and he's definitely doing Nations. And actually news that broke while you're on holiday is he's uh, doing Monster Cup. So, and I guess who broke that news? Uh, was it you? Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Very happy with that. So Monster Cup, it didn't go too well last time for him.
2: Nah, it'll be fine. Yeah. he's got. Like, he's going to have longer to prepare this time. It's not as close to the nation's. I think he'll have three weeks, so plenty of okay. time. And how are you going to foresee this going? And why, why is he doing it in the first place? Because he wants to. He likes it. Oh, okay. And if you win a title, then you're kind of allowed to do whatever you
1: want. Oh, well, Yeah, sure, crack
2: on, mate. Okay.
1: But he's not tied in with any
2: energy drinks. He's actually chosen to do this. Yeah. So he's kind of just woke up one morning and said, No, this is nothing new. He's always said he wants to go to America and he loves Supercross. Okay. Is this news to you? Well, you because re- like he obviously did it before, so yeah, I it interest-
1: It didn't go too well, did
2: it? Yeah, and he wants redemption. Exactly. He actually seems to be quietly quite confident. Huh? Has he got a track built back at home? Like, I think he does actually. you really—I don't know why this is confusing you so much. You seem really like just mind blown.
1: Well, he's kind of got a title wrapped up, and he's injury free at the moment, and everything's looking really good. i just don't know why you'd want to kind of. Uh, great that he wants to get out of his comfort zone and go and do it, but at the same time, I'd be kind of. As far as HRC, I'd be like, where's the bubble up?
2: No, it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. It'll definitely, it'll definitely go better than last time. Everyone's going to be expecting it to go like it did last time and be waiting for a crash. It'll be fine. It'll just, it'll muddle through it. Okay. It'll be fine. Right. Okay. Roman. Yeah, it was quite, quite, while you're away, again, a lot happened. That yeah. Locket win was big. Yep. 1,149 days between MXGP wins. Did you speak to him about that? Yes. And what was he, what did he say? <laughs> Uh, not a lot. I'm just laughing that a you don't know that I spoke to him about that, and b that everyone else who's listened to this has read and heard that interview by now. Well, there could be other people. I didn't realise. I'm playing devil's advocate. It seems, it seems like you're asking questions that are like for a private catch up rather than. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what this whole show was for. <laughs> you just, uh, if you want me to fill you in on what work I've done in the last month, then we'll talk off. There. Yeah, I'm just going to tick that one. A minute, hold on. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to put an X in that box for it. Yes, he's done that
2: interview. No, that's yep. that's crazy. That's crazy that it was that long between wins. And I kind of wasn't surprised to see him then win the first moto at Lommel because um it's kind of how it works, isn't it? You get a monkey off your back and you move forward. But it's put him in a good good place for for rest of this year and also next year. Yeah, he really wanted to win Lommel as well. Like really wanted to win Lommel. So I guess and he was a bit disappointed that he didn't get the overall, lost out on it by one point. But it's I mean, good it's, enough
1: winning a moto at Lommel is nothing to be sniffed at. He's, he's only missed four GPs this year. You know, with those four GPs missed, could he have been in a little bit You know, could he have been in the title hunt a little bit more?
2: I don't know, he hasn't, because still he hasn't had that consistency. No, guys I, I have, don't. So.
1: It certainly seems to be the last, last couple of, well, but last month really, when he seems to have upped it. It'll
2: be interesting to see what happens next year. I don't know if that will make a difference or anything. Well, what do we know? Uh, we know that there are very, 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 very strong, <laughs> strong rumors that, uh, he's going to Kawasaki. Well, I think everybody knows, don't they? Because They're the strongest rumors you can get. I don't know, if, like try and find rumors that are stronger than that. Yeah, there isn't. Is there? Yeah, but if I say that, I don't get in trouble. Okay, like play the game. Well, I'm. I'm just saying that all the comments online are basically
1: he's signed for Kawasaki.
2: Yes, the fans in the comments do have been
1: saying that, and <laughs> yeah, it's actually interesting. Like how many people who don't even go to a GP know more about where people are going than most of the media. Hold up. Why, why are you throwing me under the bus again? I'm not throwing you under. I'm just oh. saying that, like, you know, obviously we, we're privy to some of the stuff
2: what we get told. However, there's a... Like, a I still sub- have secrets I haven't told you. Really? I, know, I found out at the weekend stuff about American teams that I haven't told you. Oh, it's like that, is it? <laughs> you weren't there. So I basically you
1: now it's a one-way conversation. So I tell you everything no, no, I know. No. And then now you're holding out.
2: No, it'll be interesting to see what Fevra does next year. Okay. But that's a strong team, potentially, if that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be announced soon because obviously they announced a sale yesterday and on the same day they announced Cincerello. I don't know if those two are linked at all, but I guess it's easier with those because um, obviously they're all both staying, although Cincerello's changing teams, they're both staying the same manufacturer. So there's no like, oh, out of respect. So
1: let's, let's talk about Kazaki for a little bit because it does seem to be changing a little bit with what's happening. So, so next year we know that in a moment they've got Geben, they've got FNH, they've got the factory team.
2: And they've also got Boz. Have, have you heard of, Boss? Have you are they going next year? No, they're what, going as it going or going as in Stone? Well, either. They're adamant they're stone. Okay. Did you see their poem? I did see the poem, yeah. It was great, wasn't it? It was really good. It was it was awesome. And I
1: just It brought a tear to my eye. They just need a little bit of luck. What, were their poems or? No, the poems are great. Oh, okay. I, I don't think you can improve on that. But um I'm I'm saying actually on the track. Because Rodriguez is a great writer.
2: Yeah, but it was always going to be tough. Like he's never used boss suspension. He's never ridden a four hundred and fifty in GPs. He hasn't even ridden a GP this year. No. Like, and Lommel being a second one wasn't going to go.
1: Well, it couldn't have gone. It couldn't have been a harder test for for him or the team, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's just Imola, Turkey, Sweden will all be good tracks for him. So yeah. that's kind of uh, like where you would expect him to do something okay. similar to Tommy. That's kind of I've all along, even before Lockett, I was saying I'm waiting for Imola, Turkey, Sweden because those are three tracks where he should be really good and he'll be adjusted to the bike and all of that. So Okay. yeah. So going back to Kawasaki,
1: we don't know what Gebbin's doing, whether they're going to be there next year. We know FNH are going to be the Kawasaki 250 team. We know the factory team's there. Boz is a question mark. So really, I mean, the riders, what we do know are going to be on Kawasaki next year are going to be potentially, well, we know sell.
2: He's just yep. signed a new contract. One year. Yep, You'd one think year. he would retire at the end of that. And then we've got... Um, you would also the, think he took a big pay cut. You've got to think, Yeah. Because or originally a, they would have signed him to be a title contender, whereas now they're effectively signing him to be the number two rider. Maybe a pay-as-you-ride? What? Pay-as-you-ride? Like, so if, you, if you're not injured? Oh. Ha, that made me laugh.
1: No, that's, that's actually being serious. Oh. Because there's... Uh, no. A lot of contra- no. A lot of contracts no. now basically have a, a clause in them where they're deducted 50 to 75% if they're not riding. Yeah, that's
2: not new. Yeah. Everyone's had exactly, that contract.
1: Exactly, yeah. So it's not going to be long before you have a pay-as-you-ride, pay basically. So you only get paid for it if, you, if you're not injured. Okay. It's like a uh, zero hours contract. Remind
2: me, remind me after this, I've got something to tell you as well, because I saw a rider having a meeting with Geben at the weekend. Ooh, interesting. Yes. Okay.
1: So they so they could potentially be there, but we've heard little whispers about other stuff.
2: Kawasaki have... It's looking a little bit short. That's what I'm trying to no, allude it, to. Oh, that's what the last five minutes has been building up to. Yeah, it does look like they're a little bit short. Maybe they've... No, be, I think they'll just end up with the same as this year. Do you think? The only thing I'm interested to see is whether F&H do two or three riders. Why would you a, think they do three? Because they've got three at the moment.
1: Yeah, but maybe they might let to sort of trim down a seat. But like I'm interested
2: to see if they're going to bring an MX250 guy in or if they're going to run another a third MX2 ride.
1: It makes sense to um, bring an MX250 rider in.
2: Yeah, because they really seem interested in, like... Development? Yeah, yeah. no, developing talent. So, okay. uh, obviously, with Deruva there as well, that helps, but... Yeah,
1: well, yeah, it also fits nicely in with, obviously, just get promoted to the MX2 ranks, and they've got someone who's ready, understands the team, knows the way they work. Yeah. that's a good benefit.
2: Yeah, there's a lot going on as well with this...
1: <laughs> oh, I've got something to tell you as well. What? I haven't seen you, so,
2: yeah. Oh. There's a lot going on with a second F&H rider uh, at the moment. Sounds like some contracts were put on the table. Some contracts were taken off the table and all sorts. So. Uh, okay. And, and also, uh,
1: speaking of Kawasaki teams, we forgot DRT. Oh, yeah. So, um... Oh, yeah, they've signed a rider. I can't say
2: who, but they've signed their first MX2 rider for next year. Wow. There we go. Go, Steve. Yeah. Go, Steve. <laughs> go, Steve. Yeah, they've, they signed a rider on Saturday, so I don't know what they're going to do for their second spot, though. Was the rider there to sign it? I'm not saying anything else. Okay. Because that gives way too much away. That could be an injured rider or anything.
1: Oh. And 250?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's definitely staying in 250s. Yeah. I just don't know what the second spot's going to do or be. Okay. Because Darian's obviously, if Darian stays in GPs, he'll be on a 450 with DRT. So I feel like there's a lot of um, like stalling to wait and see what Darian ends up doing. Okay. Whether he gets signed in America. But then he did mention on MX Vice on Sunday that um, he's talking to two teams in America at the moment or chasing up options, and those would be factory teams. So, wow. So he's waiting. I guess that's going to take priority in Darian's life. Okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Shame to see him go, but...
1: So yeah, that's what I was alluding to with Kawasaki.
2: I was just thinking um, that potentially they could be a little bit thin with riders representing. No, it's just, it's going to be the same as this year. Okay. No doubt. And they're actually going to be stronger because they're going to have feather and de instead of... Um... Oh, are they? Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I said, like, if I... <laughs> Try so hard. <laughs> oh, brilliant, right. Well, who can I pick on next? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but they're going to be stronger with their two riders in MXGP than the two riders they had at the beginning of this year, so. Sure. But if anything, they're going to be stronger.
1: Okay. And they're going
2: to have Dyke in MX2, so that's going to be, that yeah. could be amazing.
1: Yeah, and we've already seen, was it in France he's running top five?
2: Uh, Portugal. Portugal, was it? Yeah, yeah, he's looking good. And I f- believe he's doing China in MX2. Okay. So. Nice little preview for the next year. He might yeah. actually be doing Turkey as well. Okay. So we've really gone up the golden path here. Back to Lommel. Yeah. We don't really need to talk about Lommel that much, do we? We've gone so far past Lommel that I can't remember where we're at. Well, I'm just well, kind
1: of talking to you, MXGP at a moment because I'm kind of like just trying to get an idea of who's doing what, where, and what it's looking like, you know, for next year in obviously this year.
2: Um, there was one thing I wanted to talk about with Lommel. Okay. Jazakonis. Oh my God, his starts. Oh my God. Have they got worse? Yeah. I don't know what happened. What's Armenia's take on this? But his starts sucked. Oh. And he struggled a bit to find rhythm in the first one and then got tired because he wasn't finding his rhythm, so he was just battling the whole time. And then um, yeah, second motor didn't go well either. Basically, there was a lot of hope on his sh- or expectations on his shoulders, and it didn't really work because
1: out. Because of Alcanzad and
2: Yeah, well, and pre practice, he was fastest in both practices, I believe. It's definitely fastest in the first one.
1: So where did it all go wrong? Did starts.
2: Just- and that was it. Starts. His starts were terrible. But usually he's good at coming through. Yeah, it just didn't happen. I don't know. Like ever since like free practice, time practice were unbelievable. And after that it was just very like, what happened? I don't know if it was a pressure of him wanting his Instagram edit. Do you think? I don't know. Because he's very, very fixated on his Instagram And we did edit, have a deal. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that was playing on his mind a what little bit. What was
1: the deal again? If he got podium. If he got on a podium, he got his Instagram edit. But if he didn't get a podium, he couldn't ask any more for the rest of you? At this point we may have to give him a pity Instagram edit. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: To be fair, he, he might take it. <laughs> no, I messaged him yesterday. I was messaging him yesterday. And I said, oh, I think we're going to make you an Instagram edit before Imola. And his reply was, I'm sure you, you guys will still find a way not to do it. <laughs> also, <laughs> he's a funny guy, hey? So Jazakonis, Jazakonis was riding on Monday. Now, anyone who rides the Monday after Lommel is insane, first of all. yeah. But him and Jonas were both riding. And I presume this was kind of a, Lommel didn't go well, so... Like, you're back on the bike. This was a, like a um, striking of a sword or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, is this anti going crazy? It sounds like they were practicing starts a lot on oh. Monday. So I text, I saw Jazakone was at right, uh, a track on his story. So I messaged him, I texted him saying, like, are you riding? Have you been told off? And I got a text back saying, who is this? I don't know you. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, oh, that, this is, because this is kind of how me and AJ like joke around. And I was like, aha, funny, funny guy. So then I put, oh, I'm the world's biggest AJ fan and the reply was i'm jm schmidt living in arlon belgium 61 years old <laughs> and at that point i was like he's really committed to this joke like he's really committed yeah so i just great, great name as well. so I'm, put, I'm very jm schmidt i just put i'm very confused right now and then he put you have a fake phone number And at this point, I was like, okay, AJ, (laughs) the joke's over now. It's getting old. So then I I put because I knew how to reel him in. After that, I put, if you know AJ, tell him he's going to have an Instagram edit. Because I knew that he wouldn't be able to keep the joke going past He went there. Yeah. Yeah. And the message after that was, I don't know, AJ. You're not the first person to make this mistake. (laughs) Mistake. (laughs) Mistake. I don't know his phone number. Sorry. And at that point, I was like, okay, maybe this isn't a joke anymore. So I messaged AJ on Instagram and said, have you changed your number? Your number. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out he has. And poor JM Schmidt has just been getting texts nonstop from all of the people who have AJ's old number. Oh wow. Yeah. But to be fair, at sixty one years old, he's probably getting a lot of checks email like texting him. Mm, don't know about that. But yeah, poor JM Schmidt, thought to give him a shout out. I don't
1: think after he's, I that poor. I bet him. he's loving it.
2: But uh yeah, yeah, Jazz Kainis was back riding on Monday, which is shocking. And he said that his inbox was full of messages of people asking him why the hell he was riding on the Monday after Lommel. So Wow. I wasn't the first one to ask that. And I'll probably have been the last. Okay. Maybe that's a conversation with Auntie.
1: Okay, so on that, let's let's talk about AJ. Is he announced
2: next year? Oh, I can't say anything on that. I told you I can't say anything on that. Okay, well, I'm just asking the question. That's what people want to know. Yeah, I kind of got told I can't say anything on that.
1: So he could stay at Who's Fire Yes, he or could. Or he, he could not, so... Or he could. Or he could.
2: Yeah. Okay. He could. Okay, right. He can. Okay. Yes. Thanks. And we know Koldenhoff, uh, who got a podium the weekend. Koldenhoff's, Koldenhoff's got lucky a bit, I think. Do you think? Because he signed a two-year deal with standing. Yeah. And I feel like the way the market is at the moment, I just feel like the way the market is at the moment, if his deal was up, maybe he would be in a bit more danger. Okay. Because there are a lot of riders that could take standing seat. A Flandre and Amstey team wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Uh, insert rider here, Lieber, whatever. So I feel like by him having that seat locked down is quite, was quite a good uh, tactical decision. Talk about Lieber, any news? No, nothing. So he could be announced as a third rider at Kawasaki? No, no. No? No, no, he's moving on. He's having meetings with other teams, but it doesn't seem like anything's concrete at the moment. Okay. Okay, so off. he's going to be at Stand-In next year? Yep, 100%. And that's the last year? Yep, of his deal. Of his deal? So, decided okay. to year a deal. And teammates? Which we don't know yet. So they should, Stand-In should know more about what they're doing by the end of this week. Okay. So, but at the moment, nothing's confirmed or even close to being confirmed. So, are we kind of
1: thinking that by Imola, we're going to have a pretty good picture of uh,
2: what's happening? Friday at Imola, there's going to be an announcement. A media event And it's going to be A big old presentation Of I can't tell you obviously Because it's Friday at Imola There's going to be A big presentation They're not doing a Friday They're not doing They're not spending All this money To do a big presentation On the Friday at Imola Who's standard? No Who are you on about? Just a team I can't tell you Because it will give away What it is Oh okay But basically Like they're not Spending all this money To do a big presentation On the Friday at Imola So that Lewis can blow it Two weeks before Okay That's not how it works Right, No problem But I got my invite Did you get yours? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably not <laughs> <laughs> well I'm going I got my invite so
1: <laughs> yeah I think everybody's forgot me anyway I'm yeah. not, I've not been to GP for a while now Germany yeah that's a long time ago yeah
2: you've really fallen off a wagon a little bit
1: yeah yeah. I'm going to have to get like a name tag
2: if I go to Italy you are going to Italy Yeah. I kind of won't accept you not at this point can uh, I talk about the bandwagon that I'm on uh, if you want to I've actually been on it all year right and time for everyone to tell me I'm right is Watson no not yet okay. we're coming to that right uh, Jeremy Sewer Yes. Have I or have I not been marching on about this all year? You have, weirdly, yep. yeah. And three podiums in a row up until Lommel. Yeah. Second in the championship, 37 points up, I think, if I remember correctly, over uh, Paul Land in third. Yeah. How, how do you want to do this? Do you want to tell me I'm correct now or later? Oh, you're waiting for me to I say. Think, I think Jeremy wins a race by the end of the year. I still do. Okay. he's He's been very good, and I'm actually excited to see what he does next year as well. well the results don't lie. No, like, honestly, he's very impressive. Even just watching him, like, the qualifying race on Saturday, his, like, I don't know what Tonus was doing. Tonus was, like, a moving roadblock. Everyone who tried to pass Tonus just could not do it, which was confusing. Asua was one of those riders, but behind him, he was, like, very fast and very good. And a better sand rider than most people give him credit for. Yeah. I was, uh, actually, I was actually quite confident about his chances to win Lommel going in. What, Jeremy? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't feel like people give him uh, his dues for... His performances in the sand. Okay, You really got on the bandwagon. I'm not driving though. You're definitely driving. It's my third bandwagon. There's a lot of bandwagons going at the moment. I can't keep up. I run my own bus station. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But no, I think Jer- I still think Jeremy's A, going to lock up second in the championship, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And actually, I saw a comment on Facebook that said um, something along the lines of, what is this world we live in where Jeremy Sewer is second in the world championship? Really? Jeremy Sewer is a bloody good rider. That was harsh. Yeah, like... I don't, um, like, I don't understand why. He, I don't understand. Like Jeremy Seward is a very, very good rider and deserving of second in the championship. He hasn't lucked into this at all. You tell him. He's properly put, like, he's pulled away from Paul Ann and Tonus by quite a bit. What more do you want? Paul Ann's like this star, and Seward's just destroyed him. Wow. So, yeah, I think Seward, I, th- I don't think Seward gets his credit he deserves at all. And I stand by it. He'll win a race by the end of the year. Stamp it. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Lewis. I'd even put money on it. Thank you now why are you thanking me for that <laughs> just
1: <laughs> you're just very adamant I'm just trying to calm you down oh. right what we're going to do now is we're going to take uh, a Van Horbick. Honda, no, Honda went deeper in his ECU let's, let's put that on hold for the, mo- that for the moment that was a way to say about that just thought you didn't know we're going to go for a little break have a time for an advert a little pop in here thanks for the support and uh, we'll be back in five minutes yeah, nice the shop, shop, shop.
3: this podcast is brought to you by 24MX Europe's biggest online motor store there are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices. So head over to 24MX.com to shop now.
2: MX shop,
1: So, Lewis, sorry for cutting you off with uh, Van Horbeek.
2: That's fine. I didn't really understand what was going on. When you said what we're going to do, I thought you were saying what we're going to do next, which is why I said Van Horbeek. Well, I was like, oh.
1: Not not with him. We're not going to do anything
2: with him. What? Well, I don't know. I
1: don't know what you're on about. Anyway, um, what were you going to say about
2: him? No, nothing. Just that he got a bit of help from Honda Japan. Honda went deeper in his ECQ. Okay. Which helped and something that he couldn't have done without them. Right. So that's interesting. And he feels like there might be more of something coming up next year. He feels like there's a chance they might. He just is hopeful that the team will get more support and become a bit bigger for next year. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. So
1: that's um, that's positive because at some point there's always rumours that uh, these guys going to last a year and they have.
2: I wonder if um I wonder if they if things go really well, I wonder if they'd have room to bring on a second rider. I don't know. I'd guess not. And I feel like... That's like another 50% budget. Yeah, I feel feel like Van Horvick wouldn't like that because I feel like he quite likes his team. So, I guess not. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It could quickly go downhill. Especially if you're you're trying to muster up the money just for one rider.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Tommy?
2: I'm kind of realising how much time we've missed with these shows because there's a lot to talk about with Tommy because we haven't actually done one since he got the KRT deal
1: wow because last time we were speaking that's right last time we were speaking we kind of knew that this could yeah. potentially happen we couldn't
2: say anything and then um, he did really well at Locket we haven't spoken about that okay and then normal happened we haven't spoken about that but like, there's a lot like, we could literally do a 17 hour show okay so let's, so basically, let's do an the overview hell, why the hell did you go on holiday
1: because uh, I needed a break okay fair enough Yeah. anybody who works with you for a long period has to have a break okay yeah,
2: fair enough. That's okay. Yeah, so Tommy didn't race a lot more because he like chipped his hand when he crashed into a fence at Locket the previous week. You said he had a hole in his hand or something. No, it's like I'm trying to explain it because like you know, typically you'd have like a crack from the outside, yeah, like it would lead in from the outside. Yeah, his was kind of just like very central in the middle of his hand. Oh, like someone had gone in through the middle rather than like a crack that's formed from the outer skirts and moved to the inside.
1: Okay, so the hole in his hand then that was a little bit far out.
2: Well, no, it is. It's like a little chip. It's like someone's got in and gone. Chuck. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't mean like you could you put his hand in front of you and you can see through the other side, obviously. Jesus.
1: Okay. Maybe you should explain that then. What, when I message you? Yeah.
2: Well, you should feel happy that I'm messaging you with this stuff. Okay. Well. I was very busy. I could have just not told you anything. So Lockett, did he look good? Oh, uh, yeah. No, he's really good. Sixth in the qualifying race. Uh, he had the second fastest lap time. And then in the first, he had the fastest sector one timer for a race on the final lap. All good things. That's all he needed to do. He just needed one good result on that bike and he already got it first time out. Okay. But uh, he uh, chipped his hand or whatever in the um, second motor crash at Lockett and then he had an x-ray after the race and they said it was fine and then he had another x-ray at the track at Lomo and they kind of noticed that it's not a bit fine. beat up. But he should be back at Lomo and be fine and then hopefully... Uh, yep. Do you
1: mean Imola? Back at Imola?
2: Yep, he'll back at Imola and be okay. fine and then hopefully... It's because we are talking about Lockett and now you've just messed with my timeline.
1: Sorry, sorry.
2: He should be back at Imola and then hopefully we see a little run with this factory bike. Cool. But it's exciting because based on Lockett... He could maybe... I don't know what he could do. It's interesting. This is only
1: to the end of the year? Yeah, obviously. He's So he's another rider with nothing planned for next year?
2: Yeah, at the moment. Okay.
1: And do you know what he's looking to do? Is he looking to do British or stay in GPs? I don't know. Okay. Isn't that your job?
2: I don't know. Okay. You, why would you ask me stuff like that? Well, because that's your job. Yes, but I. I until something... Until I... Until I can get something on the record. I know lots that I could tell you, but I can't say anything until I get something no, on the record. No, I was actually
1: asking, as in, what does Tommy want to do? Oh, not yeah. as in, what offers he's got. No, I know,
2: but I know what Tommy wants to do, but um, he hasn't mentioned it in an interview or publicly yet. So. Okay. And I'm all sure right. I not I think he doesn't know what he wants to do until he gets offers and sees what's on the table, so.
1: Okay. But he still feels he can run.
2: Oh, well, it doesn't matter if he feels it. Look at Lockett.
1: Okay, all right. Sick
2: in the qualifying race. All right. But then I'm just playing Devil Advocate because there are a few riders out. Okay. He was uh, chucking two riders that were injured. He would have been eighth. The cell? Ninth. Wow. Like you can add in, you can it. You could do what? If you're going to start playing that game, you I'm can I'm not do it playing that game. I'm, I'm just here to bring the balance. That's all. I'm just wondering what you're trying to get at. I don't know what kind of game you're playing over there. I'm not playing any game. Jesus. It seems to be on something. No. Just forgot how we do this. I just don't know what you're trying to play. Okay. Um,. Are you no. done now? With... Yep. Yeah, let's move on to MX2. Wow, very, very angry. I just, I just obviously don't... pressed a button
1: there. I just don't know what you want me from Me pressed a button. Yeah. Um. So MX2. Uh, do you want to talk about Prada?
2: Yeah, it was great again. Yeah. Don't like led every lap. Both hole shots. Fastest lap. One one. 124 point leader. Pretty sure he won't win the title at Imola, but he'll win it in Sweden after the first moto, probably. And yeah, brilliant. Good job to him. Bring on 450s, I say. He's going to look good next year. Next year is going to be phenomenal. Next year is going to be Guys are coming in as a defending champion. Herlin's coming back, Caroli coming back, and Prado going up to a 450. Yeah. How can you possibly get any better than that? Add in Feather on a new bike, add in DeSalle coming back, all of these things, unreal. Yeah. It's literally going to look like, it will be insane. There'll be so much hype leading into the first round next year. Yeah. For now, we just have to keep putting up with these one ones, one ones, one ones, and. uh like another thing that happened while we were away, and just to clear it up, obviously, there's a rule that means that if Prado wins his title, he has to go up. Yeah. Prado has said, even if he gets injured or loses this title somehow, he's still going up because he's done with MX2 now. Really? Well, clearly, he's done with MX2. Yeah. Look at his results. So, no matter, so all these people saying, oh, just wait until they change the rules to keep Prado in MX2. Well, Prado wants to go up, so screw it. He's going up no matter what. Prado will be on a 450 at round one next year. Speaking of round one next year, yeah. We haven't even spoken about the calendar. But I guess we'll save that for next week or something because we've got too much to talk about. Okay. All right. Because I've got a lot to say about that. We'll save that for next week. Okay, I didn't think there was any changes. What? In the calendar for next year. Yeah, but we haven't done a show since the first calendar was released. Have we not? No, that was in, I was in Indonesia when that first calendar was released. Oh, I thought we discussed it. Maybe over the phone we did. Okay. Right. You really have no idea, do you? <laughs>
1: No, I haven't really got much idea. No. I can never remember what we t- talk about on the podcast and what we talk about outside uh, the podcast.
2: Um, yeah, so we haven't talked about that, but I've got what to say about that, so we'll do that next week.
1: Okay, we'll save that for next week. For and Andrew. Next week, are we going to talk more about um, City Season next week?
2: Oh, I don't know. We'll see what comes up. We could talk more about Nations as well.
1: Okay, so um, next week's episode, more City Season, Nations, and Calendar. More catching up from when we were away, basically. Excellent, cool. i look forward to that one then.
2: Okay, So gosh. let's get back to MX2. Blandering, second overall. Yep. Still, really needs a ride for next year? No ride. Nope. He's got a few, uh, what would you call it, a few irons in the fire. Yeah. But nothing like, it's nothing like, yeah, just wait. He'll sign that contract soon. So, any factory options or are they all gone? N- they're all gone now. So, what um, out of the the teams what are left? As what, far as I what know, what options
1: does he have? Not, not who's approached him, but like in theory, there's, I mean, obviously I'm going to say JWR. JWR, Yamaha, I don't think they've signed anybody for next year. Nope. So, and they've got
2: three spots going. Standing Constructs to have the seats next to Coldenoff Open.
1: So, Geben's are they going to run three
2: again? Do you know? No, that isn't decided yet. Okay. That's more, that is what will come from these okay. meetings this week.
1: So, JWR have three seats available. Standing could have one or two. Gebben have
2: one. Gebben have one. What's happened to Paterrell? I think he's off the team. But he's got Epstein Barr at the moment. Okay. Basically, Epstein Barr is back and in a big way. Is it, it's this riddling the bits? It, it went away. Like, Back in like I just hope you don't get it. Back in like two thousand seven, everyone had Epstein Bar and then it kind of went away for nine years and yeah. now suddenly everyone's got Epstein Barr again. Everyone's
1: kissing everyone.
2: Everyone just I don't know, it's a it's a new fad. Yeah. Get it while you can. Um, Maybe
1: there's a girl called Epstein.
2: Yeah, because earlier in the season there was rumors that Vlandering could go to KRT. And actually, there were really strong rumours as well. Everyone was saying that it was going to happen. But I think that was when everyone presumed that DeSalle would be retiring.
1: I think it was you when you started to rumour it because um, you'd probably seen something in the pits. No. I reckon it was. Why would
2: you say You're that? such a fucker. Someone, no, that was, um, as far as I know, it's between <laughs> DeSalle and Blandering. I'm, I just, I'm just making shit up. So yeah, he hasn't got anything yet, but he's obviously the most promising of all the MX2 graduates. Right, okay. So, so he'll get something. So we've got JWR, we've got Standing, we've got Gebben. Where else could he go? I don't know. I need a list in front of me. Well, get one. Well, we're going to do a silly season one next week, aren't we? So Okay. I was just interested to see what his options were. Well, you've just given a load of them.
1: Okay. All right. Calm down.
2: Uh, RFX haven't signed any riders?
1: RFX, yeah. Okay. Are they going to be going um, next year? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Boss haven't signed any riders? Boss, yeah. That's always an option. Yep. I mean, who's going to go there? Huh? Who do you think would go to Boss? I don't know. Me? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Patrick Ralph. French rider, French team Makes sense. Okay. I don't we, think anything makes sense over there. <laughs> maybe um, Patrick could have that a poem. Little... You wanted to laugh about more, <laughs> but
1: you stopped yourself because you didn't want to give me the credit. Yeah. I was just thinking maybe Patrick could have a poem.
2: I feel like they're quite happy to have early out.
1: Yeah. I, I really hope they're back next year because they're just a fun team.
2: I think they will be. They seem adamant. Yeah. So good. unless something, unless they get support pulled or something like that.
1: Good. Yeah. It'd be good to see them in the. We need as many teams in the pits as possible.
2: I need to chase up what is going to do, actually, whether he's even going to race. Yeah. It'd be good if you start doing your job properly, then it'd be great. Yeah. I was yeah. doing yours at the weekend as well as mine. So, yeah. Yeah. Calvin's actually been really good since he came back from injury. Kind of jumped right back in and not really missed a beat. Yeah. Semarang was on the podium. Lockett, he was really fast. Everyone forgets he actually won a moto at Lockett last year. And in my eyes, that was more impressive than his GP win at Pangalpanang. Penang. And then he was second overall at the weekend. So, kind of good things for Calvin yeah. to end his MX2 career. Yeah. And he's definitely, well, I don't feel like he can do much more than this to put himself in the shop window.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. So he's potentially looking for a new ride and yeah. also a spot on the Dutch Nations team.
2: Yep. But yeah, as far as I know, or well, um, both Calvin and Brian Bogers were told by HRC that they won't have spots for them next year. So okay, that's that. Bogers to boss, maybe. Bogers is going to have to wait. Yeah. Bogers is going to be quite far down the list. So like the Antstees and the Vlanderins and the Liebers have to sort themselves out first.
1: Okay. Um, let's talk about um, your number one Balmagan rider hmm It was an emotional weekend for you?
2: I, I mean, not really, because I knew this was coming. Okay. When do you want to tell me that I was right? Uh. Well, you're having a whole day of it, so yeah, well done. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So was it emotional? Did you cry?
2: I, I just feel like, uh, no, because it wasn't shocking to me at all. I even said it in the interview. First question, I was like... No, but it must have been a relief. Not really. Really? Speed's been good. How long since the last podium? It was, uh, first one was Russia last year.
1: Okay. So what's that, 300 and... 95
2: days? Probably quite close, yes. Yeah.
1: What
2: an estimate. It's a long time for you. What an insane way to get a podium, though. Like, it wasn't even supposed to be racing, Lommel. Toughest race of the season. And he goes that and does that. Got back on the bike Tuesday, I think, before Lommel. Did 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 a couple of days of training. Did you hug him? Nope. No? you just going to talk shit, or do you want me to actually tell you? I'm
1: just a real surprise, because I expect you to just break down in tears or something.
2: Well, it's not. Like I say, I've known this was coming. I don't know why people doubt me. Okay. I feel like the break was actually good for him. Yeah. Indonesia obviously didn't go well but it actually did go well until the plate decided to move away from the bone but a tenth in the qualifying race at Palembang was actually really bloody good considering his situation but um he got back on a bike the week before Lommel things really started going well so we decided to race put no pressure on himself and there we go
1: and you have managed to get a couple of interviews because he hasn't been going home early so you 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 happy about
2: that I managed to interview him pretty much at every race you're really reaching for a joke here and you just don't even know I what you're talking not, about. I'm
1: not reaching. I'm just... Ask any, anyone who listens I'm to spice
2: podcast and I've pretty
1: much managed to interview him everywhere. I'm very excited that you've be, you know, the band's together. See, like you the, don't even know what you're saying. Going
2: yeah, brilliant. Forward and you're happy. Okay, brilliant. Interesting though. Okay. Just like a nice little preview to next year. Prado and Vlander are moving up. So if then, that would have meant, and Steri is actually, two, yeah. which would mean your Lommel podium would have been Watson, Viau and Renault with Cyril Gano in fourth overall.
1: <laughs> wow. Just looking at the list, Usland,
2: is yes. back. Great, great had, result. He actually got docked in the second race. He was sixth, I believe, and he got docked for noise because his, sub, his subframe keeps breaking. Really? Yeah. It happened at Lockett. It happened at Lockett and it happened again at Lommel. And it happened to Dylan Walsh, I believe, at Lockett as well, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. Probably sure I probably wasn't, wasn't meant to like, list it out like that. But you weren't supposed to list it out. I don't or? know if that's something like, to be broadcast. <laughs> oh. Well, you just fucked up then, aren't you? That's happening, isn't it? Mechanical sport. Shit happens. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. <laughs> what the
1: fuck? <laughs> okay. Um, I've got to be honest. I am really surprised with Tom Vial. I mean, I was surprised at the start of the season with how he performed. He went through a dip. That's how he's responded through that dip. I'm, I'm just blown away by his progress this year.
2: Yeah, while you were away, I uh, confidently stamped him as the second best rider in MX2. Have
1: you actually interviewed him yet? No. Because Dirk asked if you could... I don't... With. I just don't interview him.
2: I just don't really see him. Okay. And also I'm scared that he won't understand me. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, is, is English is limited. So for a podcast, I think we need to give it a year.
1: Okay, or maybe you learn French. You have just seen a WTF on Slack, and yeah. you're like, wondering what the hell's going on. I thought,
2: so. thought that's was a big issue. Yeah. So what we say? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. No, I, yeah. I do. You can I start looking at your laptop. I do confidently state Tom Vial is the second best rider in MX2 now. And before Lomol, I was kind of uh, curious to see how it would go with him probably being on the French nation's team. Obviously, now we know he will be. And four five rule was fine. So he's not. I don't think he's going to let the French down at all. So is it
1: days. is it crazy to think that he could actually be? A contender for the title next year?
2: No, not at all. This not at all.
1: This is what I'm kind of going through my head at the moment. His speed, what he's shown this year, you know, as a rookie, you know, if it he can been quite carry quite that consistent on, as well, yeah. If he can carry it on, then he's looking really good at potentially coming becoming world champion.
2: Well, he's third in the championship at the moment, so yeah. Although he's only three points up on Gertz, so that's actually going to be an interesting one to watch season wise. down. the Vial Gertz battle, yeah, because they've kind of traded spots quite a while. Speaking mm-hmm. of Gertz, he hasn't been on the overall podium since Lapia. That's a while, yeah. Yeah. Not really sure. Like, I feel like, I don't know.
1: Feels a I, bit, seems like it's been a bit of a weird, slumpy... I mean, for both of those riders and then you have, and Van Moosdijk, then you've potentially got a great battle on your hand next year. And let's not forget, Watson's still there. Yeah. Um, Renault. Olson Olson Is he still there?
2: Yeah. I don't know what... You're staring at me like you want more of that. Do you want me to...
1: No, I'm just quite surprised he's not t- taken the, you know, the step up to the 450 yet.
2: Beaton's going to be really good next year.
1: Yeah. Did not Walsh. Uh, Yeah,
2: that'd be his last year in MX2. Yeah. Mitch Evans. Yeah, Mitch Evans, yeah. Guarami. Bass Fasson. Conrad.
1: Basson, yeah, Conrad.
2: Conrad's not coming back at all this year.
1: No, that's done now, isn't it?
2: He'll be ready for next year, but it's not exactly like he's going to have a ton of time, but he'll be ready. But I didn't realise his injury was as bad as it was. It just seems like a bit of a slow healer. But then I guess... But no, was it, is, didn't he not dislocate it, fracture it, and Yeah, it something was else? something like that. When he was reeling, he reeled off the list to me at Lommel, and I was like, well, I feel like that's not... It's really not a standard shit. injury, yeah. it's
1: freaking huge.
2: But I remember so, when um, he did it, there was a bit of confusion about like, what it was exactly, and it turns out it was just kind of everything. So, Actually, i tell you what I want to do.
1: I was going to speak to you about it, because, uh, but Jamie Carpenter picked up his first point. This is a guy who's been kind of struggling in the MX250, and at the weekend went out and got 20th place in the MX2. Nice. I'm all for that. I okay. like that. That's good. Cool. It reminds me of the time when Jordan Booker scored a point. Okay, cool. I think just get out first, that monkey off your back, get out point, makes all the hard work. Because uh, he's been spending a lot of time um, riding in Holland. Yeah, that'll so, happen when you're on a Dutch
2: team. Yeah, but fair play.
1: You know, we, we've we talked about it a, a lot. If if you're going to ride at this level, that's where you need to be. Yeah, for sure. So, just kudos. Um,
2: Going back to Gertz, he obviously rode phenomenally well. And everyone was saying, oh, if he gets a start, he will run with Prado. No. It was, he was good, but look at his times. Like, he was never on that level. He was still a second or so slower than Prado. There was no, I, don't, I don't believe that, that battle would have materialized at all if Ed would started 1-2.
1: So he's still got some work to do to be, to be the next Prado. I don't think anyone's going to be the next Prado. but No, he is, he's, he is pretty. But unique.
2: Gertz is going to be a contender next year, for yeah. sure.
1: No, I think it's, I was actually slightly worried about next year with MX2, thinking...
2: Okay. Oh, no, it's going to be wide open. It's going to be amazing. But
1: I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's going to be, both classes are going to be amazing. And then no we to see who comes up from EMX two fifty. So do we know if is Horickmo coming up? Is he signed? Uh no, Nafas not confirmed yet. I think he wants to go to MX2, but he needs to wait and see what happens.
1: And what was your uh he obviously rode the weekend. Was it the weekend or was it Lockett? Lock Lockett. Lock how
2: did he perform in Lockett? Um everyone knows
1: by now. No, I'm interested. I want cause I wasn't it. there, so I wanted to know what you know, not okay. not kind of just results, but oh. actually how was his riding stuff. Oh, fine. He's yeah,
2: top ten, so I feel like that kind of says it all so you think he's, and do you think he's no, not, if he finished top 10 there's not much more to say because he obviously rode well cool if he finished 20th then yeah. there'd be more to say because I'd be like well he looked better than 20th but he was top 10 so no that's good I was, no I was just interested
1: obviously because we followed his progress throughout and then obviously stepping up to MX2 I was just interested to see what your thoughts would be about you know what he looked like did he look out of
2: place da, 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 that type of thing so in the second moto at Lommel there was a four way tie for third overall between B.L. sorry about that there was a four-way tie between Vial, Seri, such a knob. Watson, and Vlanderin. That was when Gertz was still in it. Yeah. Four-way tie. So any of them had moved, and that would have changed everything. Yeah. And I was watching, and I was watching, and I was watching. And no one put this on a pit board. Right. I'm just wondering what that's got to do with fucking Kevin Horgme. you Horogmo. Well, I wanted to go back to this, because you're just jumping all over the show. <laughs> Somehow we went from Gertz to Carpenter to Kevin Horgmo, who you fought, raced at the weekend, but it was actually Lockett. Yeah, I've got a lot to talk about. Okay, anyway. So I was watching these boards and I was waiting for someone to put it on the board saying, like, need one spot or whatever. And no one did. And I was like, come on. But it turns out I was wrong because um, when I, I asked Ben that and he said it was probably good that he didn't know. Okay. So I'm wrong. But I still, I was just watching, waiting for everyone to be like... So, hang
1: on a minute. So do you think that the mechanics that work... Uh, yes. weekly and daily with their riders yes. know them
2: better than you do I'm not saying I'm, I'm just saying normally they put it on the board say need one spot but it's just interesting that all four mechanics decided to not do that because they know their riders well normally everyone would do it that's what I'm saying they obviously knew their riders okay brilliant we won't talk about that then okay just saying I just don't know what's next do you want to talk about an Indonesia result or something uh, EMX 250 from 2016 or something What's where do you want to dart to now
1: That Adam Oh God, okay, you can do that.
2: No, I'm on Actually, you to you... tell me.
1: I wasn't fucking there, was I? Oh, you're the one
2: who keeps going on about it.
1: I'm just trying to find out. Okay, you wrote really well. Look, listen, what I'm trying to get at, okay, yep. is there's watching on TV and there's being at the event. Okay. So you can watch on TV and it all looks one-dimensional because you don't understand how rough it is or how fast people are going or little things behind the scenes. Yeah. So you have got first hand knowledge of what's going on. I am trying to ask you by you being at the event and me
2: being at fucking home. My point is, if a rider finishes first, did he look good? Well, yes, he finished first. No, you're just being a dick. That's just my point. It's just no, my you're point. just being a dick. Sturry,
1: st- right, so Max got first weekend. He he was just first, so he was good. Yeah. No, that's, that's total bollocks from what you just yeah, said Max earlier on. A, Max was a Fuck different off. situation. It doesn't matter. This is actually what I'm talking about. So Max wasn't just looking good the weekend. He obliterated everybody in the second race after missing the first one. Yeah? Yeah. And he was a cut above, second faster in yep. each sector. Blah, blah, blah. That's fucking different than saying he got first. Yes. So this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to ask you what these riders are like because you've got the insights, the observation, and the knowledge.
2: I just forgot that this show was all... I just had to do a lot of talking. That's what I forgot.
1: That's the whole idea of a podcast show. You talk. Do you want to have a go at some point? Well, I'm a fucking host. <laughs> You're supposed to be the person who, who goes to the... Okay, ends. okay. Well, I'm just saying that. Roadwell. well. I would
2: put him on a 450 at the this, nation. This is show 15. I don't know why this is new to you. <gasps> I'm just struggling to keep up with your darting around. What the fuck's going on, Rob? Um, Sterry rode well. I thought he would have had the podium. It was, it was set up. What did he look like? It was very nicely. <laughs> okay. It, was, it probably couldn't have gotten any better because Olsen was out yeah. after the first motor, so he wasn't in a running. Yeah. He got third in the first motor, and I feel like, I need to look, but I feel like he really has a good first moto. I feel like it always goes the other way. Yeah. No so, a consistent ride. Two, so naturally, two motos naturally he was not, like he obviously wanted the podium and didn't get it. So that's going to sting a little bit, but it was fine. Yeah. He just didn't get, he just didn't really go in the second race. Like from the very start, it just didn't really go anywhere. So, no, No, I just rhythm and stuff, doesn't it? It just works different ways. It, well, like AJ said. Just, yeah, first race it clicked and second race it just didn't really seem to click at all. And I'm sure the podium probably played a little bit of that because it was in his mind a little bit, but pressure the podium.
1: What about the track differences between the first mode and the second motor? It got rougher. Just just
2: the track was harder. Yeah. Rougher. Okay, that's cool. Like that. I don't know what you want from me because everyone knows that Longmore gets rougher in the second race. No, I just... I don't know what you want from me. Nothing. <laughs> like, nothing. There's nothing I can offer you Sometimes not.
1: there's nothing I want from you. Other times there is. Okay? Okay. So, okay.
2: If you want to know how bad the track was, listen to my interview with Tonus. Who may... You did say he's handled a little bit. I need to find out if he's posted on social media or anything because I might have to check on him. Okay. See if he's still there. I am concerned. It scarred him. It... Definitely scarred him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Adam's looking, looking good the last couple of races. Yeah, but he's only got like four now to get his
2: first podium, so that's a bit of a pressure cooker. Okay.
1: Uh, so, what we've got, Imola. is that Harpak? Yep. Okay. We've got Udavella? Yep. We've got, better again, Harpak. I mean, Lockett, you done well in. in so yeah, Harpac but Lockett,
2: Lockett and Normal are his two favourite tracks. Okay. He actually said in my interview with him that he does well as long as there's not like traction and things are always moving. Okay. He says if he gets a perfectly like tacky track and think he struggles. But like Loma, where things constantly changing and you've got to adapt to that, lock it. There's no like nice ruts. You've got like the bikes constantly sliding around and all of that. And that's where he thrives. Oh, interesting. Okay. So f- looking at it like that, I would think that Udavala would be quite good for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Imola, maybe not. Yeah. Turkey, meh. I don't know. Maybe.
1: And it's, Shanghai, quite gr- it's
2: quite grippy there. Do we even know what Shanghai is going to be like? Yeah, sand. Okay. Apparently, it's like next to a beach. Like you've got the beach and then it's like just back from that. Okay, I might go. So, yeah. Well, I've applied for your visa, so. Is I'm, there a
1: hotel on the beach or?
2: Uh, no, we're staying like 15 minutes away. Why? Because there are no hotels next to a track. That's not just a thing that happens at every flyaway. What, so they
1: have a beach and no one's thought about putting a hotel
2: next to the well, beach. Well, as far as I found Pretty out, good for tourism. As far as I found out, no, uh, at the moment. I, I, better, can look I better look into this. I can look again. Okay. Well, is this a, it could be a make or break for me. Well, I spent a long time applying for your visa, so I would (laughs) like you to go because it took me (laughs) forever. Okay. um, I'll tell you who was weirdly good on the weekend. Ooh, inside. Morgan Lesiado. Yeah? He's been, I'll say it, terrible all year. I don't think so. What? No, he's had one or two really good. There were one or two, but as a whole, it's not been good. It's not been good, but there has been some 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 signs. Of... It is extremely surprising that he was EMX 250 champion. Yeah. But somehow in the sand where you wouldn't think he would come alive at all. He was 11th overall and like properly consistently around the top 10 all weekend. Okay, good. I like that. Nice yeah. insight. Mitchell Harrison did okay. Yeah. His first long visit. I think better than people probably have expected. Did you manage to chat to him about it? No. Okay. Um, work. And <laughs> Darian Sinai <laughs> somehow came alive in the sand. Yeah. So he's struggling with fitness and after effects of Epsom bar and all of that and somehow the toughest race of the year is one of his best. Okay. How the hell does that work? Not a clue. Yeah. Um, again, was he able to answer that? Mm, he just said he put less pressure on himself and maybe that's it. Because you can understand it. Lockett, he obviously wanted a lot from it because yeah. he didn't do Indonesia. So therefore, he would have expected himself to be better. The track suits him. So I'm sure he did put some... Like I'm sure he was like, right, I'm back. Podium, this is it. This is it. And then obviously he found out it wasn't. But. What happened to Olsen? Because... That just went wrong. He hit a fence. I did see that. He just was decided to
1: jump not once, but twice outside of the track.
2: He hit a fence. Yeah. He also had that hard hit at Semarang. Mm-hmm. So he's had a couple of dingers lately. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. One thing which um, I was going to talk to you about the weekend, and I didn't know if, is there something wrong which we don't know about? Is That's tough. tough definitely good in the sand. Really? Yeah. So that's something he needs to obviously, well, no shocker, he needs to work on then.
2: I would guess I I believe so if my memory serves me right and Sand is not necessarily his uh, strong suit
1: do you think that's why he's not been top of people's lists or he's been sorted or signed or
2: no he's at the top he's at the top of some people's lists okay sounds like there is a bit of a bidding war going on for him I don't know if you call it a bidding war sounds like a few different teams are like showing interest on wanting him for next year yeah but I don't don't really know what he's going to do it seems a bit confusing at the moment
1: okay
2: if I had to bet I'd bet he just stays where he is
1: okay what about Hitachi's uh, replacement rider, Michael Sander, who had a fantastic um, Matley Basin uh, GP? Great, we're darting there. Yeah. Um, how did he get on the weekend? Did oh, you all right. Did you take much notice? Or no, not really. Okay. He was all right, around fifteenth. I think it's really cool though that they've managed to take a you know a privateer rider and, and basically put him on a team for the last the remaining rounds.
2: It was um, better than I expected because if you look at his season as a whole, he hasn't exactly scored points consistently. Yeah. So for him to go out and do that straight away on a Hitachi bike maybe shows that that is a bit of a step up.
1: No, it's good. I'm I you know, I think kudos to the team for uh for offering him the um the ride and he put in two consistent point scoring races.
2: And he's um being added to the British Championship. So someone new there.
1: Yeah. And he's a he's a really nice guy as well, top guy. So um yeah, great great to see that all round.
2: You do have a bit of love for him, don't you?
1: I do, yeah. I like people you you um you kind of, like, struggle. Not struggle, but have, have the struggle. Wow, you like it when people Being a struggle? Provative. No, it's like, it's like, you know, Sandner, Tony Craigs of this world and that type of thing where, you know, they work freaking hard. They do all this. You know, and then, and, and then an opportunity comes up. So,
2: yeah. Awesome. See, anything else you want to talk about on MX2? Uh, no, just to confirm, that was actually Sandner's second best GP this year. Ah, okay. Scored three points less than Mattelie. Ah. And Mataly and uh, Lomo were completely different tracks, so I don't know what you put to that. Okay. Brian Moreau. Why the hell? Actually, no, I better not say that. No. Uh, (laughs) Better if you don't. There's talk about him going to America. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. There's talk of it. I think it's happening. Yes, I'm confused. Yeah. I am as well. I'm just, I I feel like the big, if he does go to America, which I believe he is, the biggest issue is whenever a European goes over, everyone's like, wait till outdoors. He's going to be better in supercross than he is outdoors. And I feel like everyone will hype him up for outdoors and then be very disappointed. Yeah. Do you think it's a distraction, what's going on and everything else? Because he just doesn't seem to be. Yeah, but he's not really done. Like, yeah, he's shown good spots, but he's never been a consistent results guy. He's 23rd in the championship. He's behind Sinai. None of it makes sense. Sinai hasn't got a deal in the US yet for next year, but Moreau has. How? Speaking
1: about Bud racing, I seen uh, their former rider, the violin rider, pop up on Instagram the other day.
2: Yeah, so did I. I don't, I've passed the point of caring, to be honest. I don't think he had any numbers on his bike, but no, at least, he least he's on a bike. I'm literally past the point of caring. Okay, so I just thought, I'd just he's past, I feel like he's past the point of no return now. Might be harsh. Yeah. Might be not. Do you think he's ever going to ride again? In a... I feel, I would imagine he's doing the ADAC this weekend. Okay. I'd imagine. But can you see him being back in the GPs? I can't. I oh, can't. Crazy. Because it just seems like no matter what team he's on in GPs, it doesn't really work out. No. I would do an interview with him, but quite hard to get hold of, as we've covered previously. Yeah. So, there, uh, sh- let's talk
1: about Uslan, because we didn't... We, we did.
2: Wait, unless you got more.
1: No. I, just, your... just a good
2: result, that's all. Your memory's not... Well, we... must have been happy. We kind of discussed it as much as possible. Is there any news on Reva? No. Will be soon, though. I've kind of got... I've got an exclusive coming up. Okay. All right. Well, we'll leave it then. then. Yeah. I can't say anything, because otherwise I'll ruin my exclusive. Okay.
1: So, um let's go for a quick break and then once we come back we'll go straight into questions oh yeah we got shit ton MX Manager
2: we, we don't we need to do MX Manager
1: let's not do MX Manager because
2: there's not a race this weekend so
1: yeah and I didn't I'm um, out a shit team anyway so
2: okay see you in a minute the MX
1: Voice Show
3: for everything in the world of motocross head to mxvice.com at motocrossvice on twitter and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian.
1: The MX Show. Boom, we're back. I know you live that one.
2: Yeah, it's a bit old. Ah, fuck off. Retro at this point.
1: Questions. Got any good questions this week? Yes. Um, I got one. Oh. It's from Mr. Ben Dover, and it's, when was the last time you got head?
0: I- <laughs> I
2: I actually can't believe that I travel three and a half hours to come here for utter bollocks You know what, when James was on holiday, there were discussions about me doing a podcast alone because I was like, I could quite easily talk quite openly about what's going on and lay it all out really clearly and then take a few questions on Twitter and that and I was like, it might be a bit boring for people. You know what, maybe that was the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could just sit here and quite easily just lay it all out, like, oh, I saw this at the weekend, I really thought that was interesting because of that. Okay. And without interruptions. Because all you do here is interrupt, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, it's so all you do here. Yeah, I'm interrupt. Here, I'm here to bring the fun. I put, don't know what fun put you put brought today. Put fu- into fun. Oh, is it, my, the floor is mine, I guess, because questions. Yes. Okay, please. we have got a lot of questions, which I appreciate. It's nice to see this from people. And actually, I've got to say this. At Lommel, at the weekend, I met a lot of MX Vice fans, which is very special to me. Wow. I do like that. Yeah, it's cool. What, you specifically? What do you mean, me specifically?
1: Well, you're kind of saying we met a lot of MX Vice fans? Yeah. So is that like fans of Lewis?
2: No, just fans of MX Vice. Okay. Well, Not you, obviously, but the rest of no. MX Vice. Okay. I yeah, just love it. It's quite cool. I like it. People like, no, I was just going to say like, I, I, I'm very like passionate about motocross. Motocross. Because yeah. I don't really have much else. No. So I like it. I like it when people stop and ask me questions about motocross and stuff. Because that's basically all I can talk about. Okay. Ask me a question about anything else and I have nothing to say.
1: Yeah. Music. Motocross. No. Not really, yeah, is not, no. Not Actually, good.
2: I like talking about travel.
1: But motocross, you don't are. know really where anything is. I know where. Well, we well, got a little map of the world next door, and you still can't get it right.
2: Okay. Anyway, questions. Question number one: Roy Rowland, Roland says, with so many being moved up from MX2 this year, and teams having their budgets cut, what will happen to all of the current MXGP riders? How many will be out of a job? Uh, well, let's get lister. I know. What do you mean? You always go a bit strong with your list, and then you start reading off names, and it gets a bit fast. I don't think Geyser. Oh, my God. No, done. we're not doing it. No, done. we're not doing this. Poulin, done. Tonis done. Yeah, but this isn't the Crowley, question. The question isn't, the question isn't who has signed a contract. Well, I'm just... The question is where are the people who are going to be left out at the end of it gone? But my point is, okay. you always think... Bernardini. In theory, if you let me finish, in theory, you always think that some people are going to be left out. Like, at the end of last year, who would have thought that Bernardini would have got a ride? But he found a place. There's always these little nooks and crannies where these riders can slip into and just that can be their little like niche and their spot. Like, okay, Bernardini hasn't got a full-time GP ride, but he's got a nice little ride in European GPs, nice little ride in um Italian championship, and that works for him. So okay, some of these riders moving up and some of these MXGP riders are gonna have to compromise and take a lesser deal. But if they if you can swallow your pride a little bit, which is tough and actually like take what you can get, you can kind of make yourself a nice nice little niche. My whole theory is, and I was saying this to a team manager who agreed with me, that you've got to get yourself on the conveyor belt. For instance, factory teams sign factory ride, aside from rare exceptions. If you're on a factory rider conveyor belt, then you're looked at by factory teams, right? And then someone was, and then I was saying, if you're an MX2 rider moving up and you can't get all, there's no factory supported ride for me. It's so important to just take a lesser ride just to get yourself out there. Because I was talking to a team, a team manager asked me who was available to sign for next year for them. And I said, I listed a load of names and then I didn't even say Guio. Why? Because he's not out there. So we're out of sight, out of mind. You've got to make sure no matter at, at whatever cost you are in the shop window. Okay? Okay. Okay. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> I switched off after okay. the second paragraph. Uh, Alex Edwards, is it right to have to move up from MX2 to MX1? Did we not need to give names then? No, because who's going to... Ha- what will happen to all of the current MX1 riders? He's not asking who. He's saying what will happen to them. And what I've just said is you need to find your niche. There are going to be people who can, are going to be left out. But if you can get on a Ghidanelli, or whatever that Italian team is. <laughs> <laughs> whatever Bertadini's team is. Ghidanelli. Ghidanelli. <laughs> if you yeah. get on Guidenelli, Yamaha, okay. and just do EM- just do the European rounds, that works. It works. Like you've just got to try and find your little niche. And you- who knows? If you can prove yourself and make something of it, you can get there. Anyway, next question. Alex Edwards on Facebook said, Is it right to have to move up from MX2 to MXGP when you reach 23 years of age? There isn't space for every rider to make it to the big class, so there are going to be a lot of good riders being out of opportunities in the future just because of because they hit 23, which is still young in my eyes. Is this fair? Should the age limit be up to 25? We want the young riders coming through to always have the opportunity to move into the MX2 class also, so scrapping the age limit wouldn't be the solution either. Now, do you want to go or shall I? Nah, uh, you go. I like Alex, because he said that he's actually, like, instead of being one of these crazy people who just argues their point, mm-hmm. he's actually put two sides forward yeah. and said that the age rule is actually needed. Yeah. So I like this. Yeah. This is constructive chat.
1: Well, I guess it stops someone from like, not that he wants to, but like you could have Prado in MX2 for 10 years. Yeah. Just destroying everybody.
2: Well, this is what's interesting. Sasua stayed in MX2 until he was, until he aged out. Yeah. And he never won a world title. Had he stayed in there one more year, maybe he could have finally got that world title. And I interviewed him at his last MX2 race, uh, Villas-Susacot in 2017. And I said to him like, are you ready to move up or do you feel like you're being pushed out? And he said like, I've done six years in MX2 or whatever. I'm ready now. Like yeah. even if even if there was no age rule, I would just I would choose to move up because that's what I want to do. Uh, Vandonic, he's got no ride at the moment. He's talking to a few people, but there's nothing concrete in place for next year. I interviewed him at the weekend. And is said, he MX2 or is he no, MXGP? He's MXGP. got to move up. I said to say to him, if there's no age rule, would you choose to stay in MX2? And he said, I've hit 23. I'm, I feel like I'm ready to move up now. I've been in MX2 for quite a while. So the point is. People say, oh, is young, blah, blah, blah. Maybe not. And this isn't an opportunity to start shouting at me, saying that I like oh, you're just saying this, like say the correct thing. I'm just I'm not even offering my opinion. I'm just saying what I'm hearing from riders. I've never heard of I've never interviewed a rider who's hit twenty-three and had to move up who says, eh, I'd really like to stay down, but I'd be forced not to. Aside from if it's a money thing, like they can't get a ride and then they're desperate for anything. Yeah. That's a good point. Phil G. Said asked, do you think we need to have an ACU British funded program like Spain to help our riders into EMX 125 and 250? Yes. This is yours. Yes.
1: <clears throat> I think um, either we put something in place soon or we're going to be continuing to be left behind. There is some up and coming riders coming through, but not quite like it has been. We've been kind of blessed with, uh, you know, a lot of good riders coming through um, over the past sort of 10, 15 years. However, going forward, unless things change, we're going to really struggle.
2: Great answer. Really enjoyed that. Roy Rowland Rowland, said, uh, what can we do about the ever decreasing crowds at the MX? I'm not sure if he's talking about GPs or British, but seeing as this is a GP show, I'm going to answer on behalf of GPs. I don't think crowds are down. And I'm not saying, maybe he's not saying that, but just generally, I think crowds are up on MXGP this year. I got got a a, a thought process on on this as well. And it goes to to how people consume
1: information and what they choose, how they choose to, to view Metacross now. A lot of people are quite happy with actually watching on TV. I mean, it's, it's expensive going to a GP anyway. And they the people who do go, they kind of make it as like a weekend, going away with friends, you know, a couple, that type of thing. And they'll probably do that two, three times a year. There's some people who... Uh, quite hardcore fans who who follow MX Vice, which will probably go to, you know, uh, to eight or nine GPs and, you know, fair play. But I'm guessing that there has to be a, a balance between, okay, we're going to cut down on our holidays, which we go away with each year, and we're going to treat going to GPs as a bit of a holiday. You know, it's, it's expensive when you've got your plane flights, your hotel and, and everything else. So even if um, you're visiting a different country or actually people supporting their GPs, we've seen how the the British GP is, you know, when you look at the crowd at uh, Hawkstone International to how many people turn up at their GP, Stuff like you would expect. We we've seen previously in um, you know two thousand and six forty fifty thousand people or whatever, and now we're only seeing fifteen twenty thousand. I think if you look at how people consumed um, information, mobile phones, results, everything, I just think that with the choices people got now, the world's a different place. So I I, I agree. I don't. I I've not seen any less people at GPS as we're traveling around the British Championship. Completely, you know that's.
2: Sure, the 12 people at Hawkstone enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, people talk about, um, you know, I've seen some comments online about money and bits and pieces. Well, money doesn't come into it because whether someone's paying £5 or £30 to get into an event, if they really want to go, they'll go. So at the start of the year, you've got Hawkstone International and you've got a selection of GP riders on the show. People want to pay the money and go. If you've got a British Championship and um, there's 22 people on a line, and you've got maybe one to two GP riders, then people aren't going to pay the money or, or make the effort to go. That's that simple. Until the ACU either talk to a couple of teams and get some team commitments next year, what would mean was, and I don't want to go into this because it's not the time, but for instance, from a British championship point of view, um, the ACU, the promoters, they all need to get together. They need to go and see four or five Belgian-based teams because that's where all are based and bring them in pay for their starting money, pay for their um, traveling costs and get them in and, and have get the prestigeness back of the British Championship. That's going to help. Regarding people, how to consume. Get the British Championship live on, on the internet. You know, whether it's £1.99 or 2 pounds paywall or £5 or whatever, people will pay. And you can use that money to, you know, people have changed. You have to change with it. And I think MXGP have done a very, very good job of MXGP TV um, to support the MXGPs. They do you know, very, very well with um, reaching different audiences on social media. They're ticking all the boxes. They're working really hard. There's a big team which, which are behind the scenes putting all this into place. So they've moved with the times. And I think we're, we're going to see a deterioration of of crowds in the future. I think it will always be the hardcore people that will want to go. Um, however, how people find their information, view their information, and consume it is completely different. And it will be changed in 10 years' time. We've got, we got AR coming in. We've got virtual reality. How long before you've got uh, the ability to actually sit in your front room and actually feel like you're at GP? That's, that's coming. So how you monetize this and how you make it is, is all going to be changed up in the next sort of 10 years.
2: On a GP front things that stick out to me this year, like Latvia was the biggest uh, busiest I've ever seen it. France was probably the busiest I've ever seen it. Uh, what else? I thought Portugal was strong. What was, well, was Lommel? Because usually you can't walk through Lommel. No, Lommel was good, I thought. I thought it was really good on Saturday morning. I looked up in free practice and I was like, wow, this seems quite like a lot of people. Because uh, I was
1: early on. going from Pit lane to the press office is always oh yeah was the same. Was it the same this yeah, year? Yeah.
2: Okay. No, I thought, and there's plenty of excuses for people not to show up with no hurling's home hero, DeSalle home hero. Yeah. Obviously, I say hurling's home hero. Netherlands is literally 10 minutes away. So, yeah. But I thought, I think I think GP crowd's been strong this year. And when I did that interview with Luongo in uh, Indonesia, I asked him about that and he said, they've definitely seen that at certain places. Germany, again, that was strong. That was big, yeah. So, yeah. There's lots of that. Next question. Cool. Next question. Uh, Harib... Allsack said, What? Sorry? Oh, no, I've gone to Allsack Harib Allsack says, Do you reckon his name's a joke? <laughs> ha- his name is Harib Allsack69. Harimo Ballsack. No, his name's Harib, but do you reckon he's tried Like, s- I don't know. Just, just ask a okay. question. Since KTM has no factory oh, riders God. in MXGP, any chance Prado does a round of MXGP after clinching a title? Will he ride MX2 or MXGP for MXON? Um. I actually, I actually was thinking this the other day. It would be
1: very cool. But I can't see it happening.
2: <laughs> or, like, Roxon rode that 125, didn't he, in 2011 after he won the title? Oh, that would be cool. At Fermo? Yeah. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, I remember that really well,
2: yeah. That's a no. Yeah. Um, yeah, So maybe he can do something cool like that. But then also, he's kind of chasing records in MX2 at the moment. So maybe he'll want to put his stamp on with that. What record is that, Lewis? What what records he no, chasing? And no, I'm just being general. Records like he's okay. consecutive GP wins, all of that. He's racking up the numbers, isn't he? But so is,
1: he's not on the same level as Herlins.
2: He could be by the end of the year. Really? Think so.
1: What for MX2 How many wins? On
2: left? Four no consecutive wins. Oh, consecutive wins like in a row because he's won every GP since Bolkonski.
1: Yeah, but didn't um Herlins not a perfect season?
2: No. Okay. So yeah. Why not? I, I can't see it happening, but I would like to. Although someone did raise a good point to me at the weekend, that being um, if Prado goes up to MXGP in Udavala, it's kind of like wanting your Christmas presents a bit early. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes because, sense. Like, I can't, I rather, can't see happening. Like but... If we wait until next year, he'll come into round one ready and it'll be really exciting. Or we could have our Christmas present early and he could come into Udavala underprepared and be a bit underwhelming and everyone would just be like, oh, great. Yeah. And then we won't have a hype and excitement in the off-season. So just wait for your Christmas present, people. Okay. So has he talked about whether 350 or 450? It'll be 450.
1: 450,
2: yeah. Roy Rowland again.
1: Wow, three, three questions. Three in a row.
2: Wow. Um, what's happening to Suzuki? Have they died to death or will they be back? Uh, they won't be back in 2020. 2021. 2021 looks likely. Yeah. Although it's nothing to confirm or anything, but everyone in the paddock thinks it's 2021.
1: Because it all fits into place yeah, with contracts, contracts and, and whatever and, else. Yeah,
2: Basically, yeah. They're free
1: to do what they want in 2021. Yeah,
2: yeah. Jay Poole underscore, yeah. Who, who wins Fan of the Week, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's an award that I'm giving out. Okay. I don't know what it, the J stands for, but you go, James, Jay. James. Jay, get, Jay gets a red plate yeah. from me. Okay. I think he lives in Australia, otherwise he would be getting a prize. Okay. Any word on who might take Jorge's MX2 spot on Red Bull KTM next year? Ooh. Any I don't think they're going to do anything. I think they're going to run, obviously, Hurlings, Crowley, Prado, and mx GP. Yeah. Biao will definitely be MX2, and then I think they'll have Hoffa in EMX250, or maybe they bump him up to MX2 early. Either way, I think Hoffa will be doing MX2 on the EMX250 off weekends. But it sounds like they're going to stick like that. I've asked off the record, and they said nothing will be changing, so.
1: Wow. You you
2: asked off the record, and then you just... No, because that's not important. It's not like I asked off the record, like, you can tell, like, Tell me. Okay, yeah. Without putting it on the podcast. Yeah, like show. thinking that they'll go, Oh, we're doing this. Yeah. But it's like they were literally like, No, nothing's yeah. true. That stands you in good stead now for um You're missing for, the point. I do not that wasn't they didn't point. tell me breaking news off a the record. They told me no, like I said I said off a record, like you can yeah. tell me, tell, tell me. It. I won't tell anyone. And they're like, No, there's nothing to tell. You can tell me we'll, oh, I won't put it on the Yeah, you've completely shit. missed the point. But that's okay. not surprising of you. Yeah. Okay, next um,
1: question. Anybody
2: else? Charlie Charlie uh, Joyner. who is better, Tonus or Searle?
1: Tennis or Surrow?
2: Or, or, so. That's what the question says.
1: Oh, okay. Go. Oh,
2: I hate these ones. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, why, okay. that's why I said go. Okay, on current forum, Tonus. <laughs> yeah, but I said this to someone. If you're a team sign in Tonus.
1: What a great team though, Tonus and Surrow. That would be a cool team.
2: If you're a team sign in Tonus. Yeah. I don't think you can be ridiculously confident you're going to get the current Tonus. Because people get swept up in the moment. Yeah, And look, Tonus is a podium guy. But also, there were 100 races where he wasn't. Yeah. And I feel like nothing's ever guaranteed. I feel like people do get swept up in current form.
1: He's, in, uh, he's got good confidence. He's obviously really happy with the, the team and the people he's got around him. And we're seeing the best of what he can do. Yeah. And, and hopefully, with Tommy, uh, he's now got everything he wants, apart from obviously
2: the hand injury. And hopefully, we can see the best of Tommy Solish. Yeah, well, we already have it. it. If that's a sign of what's to come, then... Whew. Yeah. Robin Boswana on Instagram. Oh, You're right, sorry. Eh? No, fine. Okay, I'm back. Robin Boswana said, uh, what countries will be on the podium for the MXON at Assam this year? What countries? I'm going to go for, this controversial, US. Wait, is this in order?
1: Yeah. First? Yeah, I'm going to okay. go US winning. I'm going to go Dutch second, and I'm going to go UK third.
2: No, France? No. Okay. No. Controversial. Mm-hmm. I very. will go Netherlands. Yeah. Although I kind of got a bad, like I kind of got a feeling that things seem to happen to the Netherlands. Yeah. But I'm going to still on paper. I'll say the Netherlands will be strongest. Then France. Then you, oh, either USA or UK. Uh, UK. I'll go. Okay. But then I think it will be very close. And I, I like I say, I it think w- it's going to be the closest nation. It would not surprise me at all. Ever. At all, if USA win. Ah, we'll go into it more next week, when yeah. we know what the USA team is. So, um, Well, we know anyway, but...
1: We just discussed Hurlins. Is he back in Imola? No. Okay. Well,
2: so. nothing's confirmed at the moment, but I would place my money on Turkey. On Turkey. But he's, he's back on the bike now? No. Okay. Any day now. Any day now. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So he'll have... And he said it's important that he has those races to like shake out the arm pump, because he struggles with that sometimes, and stuff like that before the Nations. He said he won't be Jeffrey Hurlins at the Nations but he'll be good enough to have no excuses. Okay. You did read the interview, you said. Yeah, of course. Okay, uh,
1: And also, um, is he obviously kept to a strict training regime? Yeah, yeah, And everything else? Yeah, no McDonald's. No McDonald's? No McDonald's. Okay, good to know.
2: Yep. Chris United 93, which EMX 250 riders should be signed up by factory teams, if not already? Who will have a quicker impact in the EMX 2 class? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, after Lockett, you've got to say Kevin Horgmo's hot property. Although he's still already linked to, um, what would you say? Uh, he's already linked to... Is he not on a program for KTM? Yeah, but I don't know what you call it, because he's not on the KTM factory. He's, no, he's, but it's like a junior program. He's linked it? to the manufacturer. Yeah. like his t- The same as Guad- What's his Guadalajara? Yeah, yeah. With he's, he's with... Yeah. Yeah, like, Horgmo isn't just contracted to his team and that's it. He's actually, like, placed by KTM, the manufacturer?
1: Well, it's an interesting... It's a good question, actually, because it, it takes on a, quite an interesting point with Rubini, who's kind of... That was what I was going to say. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, well, great minds think alike, eh? Oh, that was Just nice saying. of you. Just saying. But yeah, that step down, It's I, I don't understand why some some other riders don't do this, because what happens? The EMX 250 seems to give... It's a good class to get your name out. I mean, happen Volson. So it's it's a it's a good it's a good class that if you do well in it, you're going to get noticed. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him. Rubini could Rubini step up to one one four.
2: I would imagine that Rubini would just take the seat that Van Donick's going to leave behind at Asimota. Okay, that would make sense. I don't know any. I don't know anything, but that would make sense in my mind. Yeah, Ferrato. So we
1: know Van Van um, FNH. Yeah. We know
2: Rubini. We don't know, but don't it know, would make sense for him to take Van Donik's. Ferrato. We don't know. No, and like I said, I feel like if you're a factory team, you would be very tentative.
1: Okay. Hoffa
2: is linked to Red Bull KTM. Yeah. Benistan? He's in the Yamaha program, but he won't be moving up anytime soon, I don't think.
1: And where he goes, no one knows. Um,
2: Trepepi? I thought that was a joke. Trepepi is two old for MX2, I believe. No, maybe not. Still, either way, he's not. Okay. I'm actually surprised he's sixth in points. Uh, a s- 150 down. down. He's Diga. Diga. Um, Gilbert's aged out. Horgmo? Horgmo's the next... Horgmo... Aside from the class leaders, Hawkmo is the one that I think a lot of people are going to be wanting and looking at now.
1: And I think we're going to see Dankers probably stay down a year in EMX 250 because yeah, he's still quite so. young.
2: Yeah, I'd imagine so. Because
1: when, he, when he's something like, I don't know, was he 14 or 13 when he won a world title or 11 or something? Uh, I don't know. And he's been on like a 1-2-5 since he was, I don't know, three.
2: Um, but Mikkel Harrop, his, what he's going to do next year is up in the air. Oh yeah, with the forgotten Mikkel Harrop. Yeah, yeah, he was back at Lommel. Was he? EMX 250. Really, Third overall? Two eight. I think he went? Wow. Three
1: eight. Nice to see him back.
2: Yeah. Nice That's little good. confidence booster to be on the podium in EMX. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what he's going to do. I think he's been courted by a couple of teams, so.
1: Okay. But um, yeah. Then you've got people like uh, Lapucci, who showed some good speed at some, some, some times this year.
2: Sabulis um, and Guppilon. Um, I'd be interested to know what teams think of Rubini because he obviously went down to EMX 250 because he wasn't good enough to get an MX 2 ride. Do you look at him being second in the points and go, wow, you're a much better rider now. Or do you look at him being second in points and go, well, you're probably, do we want to take that risk? Because are you still the same guy? Mm-hmm. Or do yeah. you, but do, what, do you believe that he's actually taken this massive step up? I, th- I think he could. No, but do you think he has? Do you oh. think if he goes back into MX2 next season, he's going to be the exact same guy as he was in 2018?
1: No, I think he'd be better. I think he'll be, I think he'd be hungrier. And, and we've seen this, some of the battles he's had with Van Muztijk and, and so on. Well, this, that's the this funny
2: thing, because you can even look at it two ways. You can say that Van Moosdijk battling with Rubini looks bad on Van Moosdijk because you can go, well, Rubini was 15th in MX2. So how good, really, are you? Or you can look at it and say... Rubini's battling with our Mustaik and he was running top five at Portugal. Rubini must be really good now. Like, there's two, like, there's there's no way. The speed's obviously there. Yeah, but this is what I mean. There's no no clear way to look at it. It's kind of down to perception and what type of person you are, I guess.
1: No, we've seen, um, we've seen Horikmo struggle with starts this year and crashes and everything else. And I can remember watching him in 22nd, 21st, 20th. And then, as uh, so I was interested to find out from you what he looked like in Lockett because at some points in the MX 250, he has struggled.
2: My prediction for Lockett was that he was going to be fast but crash out, just because that's kind of his MO. Yeah. So I was surprised that he actually kept it upright and did solid enough.
1: I think the one thing what's been interesting is I would say probably the top ten in MX 250 can run top twenty in MX two, can they? Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Well, so there's there, there's not that much difference. There is a, 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 a speed difference, especially when you're talking about people like Prado and, and so on. But we've seen Barami, we've seen Renault, we've seen... Christ, who has just come in this year? This year? Yeah, from EMX 250. Barami, Renault, and
2: um, Vial. Oh, yeah. um, who've done very, very well. Well, that's another example. But they were all EMX 250 last year. Of was the EMX 250 champion. Vial was eighth vial has much better been much better than Bois so, so so how much so
1: horgmo's ninth currently in in so can you see horgmo going top three next year well no what my what my, <laughs> po- on what my Red point
2: Red what my point is is the way you look at emx 250 is so subjective because you could also you could go van moosdijk is an emx 250 okay if he wins van moosdijk will could if he wins a title you could say van moosdijk is the emx 250 champion look how good he's going to be he won that championship if you're a Counterparty, you can say Morgan Lizziardo won that title and has done nothing. Yeah, it's weird to talk about because there's no clear. You can you can have two people with completely different opinions, and you can't really say either of them are wrong because there's all this different data that says different things. I gotta be honest, um, and I'm not trying
1: to blow smoke at Ustream's ass, but I
2: thought you were gonna say my ass.
1: No, oh. um, but bringing that 23 rule in was fantastic because I can remember talking to a lot of manufacturers who were looking at very aged out riders who would actually win that title for them because it actually does mean something to them.
2: What, EMX 250? Yeah, yeah but EMX 250's got the age rules.
1: Oh, what, you mean it's good that they bought... I thought you were talking about MX2. No, no, no. I'm saying if EMX 250... I'm, I'm actually... They, they, oh, yeah, they that showed was a, that it was
2: a good decision. Yeah, that had to happen. Oh, I, don't, I can't even imagine what EMX 250 would look like right now if it still had the aged out people.
1: No, because what well, what we've seen is we've seen these young, younger riders come through now. yeah. Which is as exactly what it's supposed to be, I guess. However, whether MX2 should have maybe be increased to twenty five, I don't know. I, I think it would help.
2: I think I would have. I would quite happily see MX2 stay as twenty three and just knock EMX250 down to twenty one.
1: Twenty one is like an under twenty one.
2: Yeah, that's I would quite happily have. I'll see that.
1: The problem is, though, is after twenty one, you know, you put more pressure on the riders to if they're not performing by twenty one, yeah, you're you're done. So I don't know. It's one of those things where. Everybody's got an opinion, and someone has to make a decision. So,
2: Next question? Yep, do it. DiveMX on Twitter said, uh, where would you like to see the 2021 nations held? Obviously, we know that 2020 will be Ernais.
1: <sighs> France again. But yeah, yeah, it can knock France, because they've won it a few times, and it's great to have it back in their well, country. You well, know, uh, you know Ernais is going to be good. Yeah, and Ernais is going to be awesome.
2: And you say France again. When did they last have it? 2015?
1: I, I, I don't know. It just feels like I'm always going no, to France. No, no, it's
2: 2015. So it's been sick. It would have been...
1: Saint-Jean, 2011.
2: It would have been five years. You can't knock them for that. So, what? They've only had St. John, Renee? An I oh, an And it was Majora, Matterly, Redbud, Assen. I oh, know. Five years it would have been. St. John. Okay. I thought we'd been in Renee twice. Yeah, 2005.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. I'm getting old. So where else would I like to see it? I would like to... Seeing as <sighs> it will, US. It's got to be US. Well, I love going it, to the US for nations. It's freaking awesome. Seeing
2: as it will be 2021 by that point, and Redbub would have been three years ago, I see no reason why we can't go back to the US. Yeah. Because we had Bud's Creek in 07 and Thunder Valley in 2010, which will be the same timeline of three years. What about Canadian nations? I don't know if I've got... I don't know if any of the tracks have the facilities. Okay. Actually, I'm just... Keep talking, because there was one... I just remembered... I mean, Canadian
1: nations. I like to see. I would like to see GTs Australia. Go to Canada. Would be awesome. Canada, Canada. Australia
2: would be awesome. Japan would be cool. Japan would be very cool. This um, someone asked this question not for the not for this segment, but recently on Twitter and said, "Why can't I'd like to see the nations at It? And you can say, "Great viewing." Yeah. Uh, the track's quite neutral. Like it's okay. It's a weird track and all of that, but it's obviously going to be more neutral than somewhere like Assam. So yeah. that's cool. It's quite central to europe so you'd get fans from france belgium germany all of that so that's good that's yeah. cool but uh, it's the um room just isn't there There wouldn't be able, there wouldn't be room for enough all of the fans i don't think and parking and stuff like that wouldn't work and that's why like it would be, it would be quite cool but it just wouldn't work with the room that they've got to work with there and you've got as a, oh and this but is it's, this it's, is where the this is where the keyboard warriors come in and go, oh, yeah, we've got to have enough room for the hospitality. Well, actually, the nations has quite a lot of people come to it and you do have to plan ahead because if you don't plan ahead for that one, then, yeah, boy, you're going to be screwed.
1: Yeah. So, um, Well, look at what America had to do for Redbud. I mean, the, the amount of extra um, parking yeah, to Campion, get was so. insane. I tell you, shoot me down, but given their infrastructure and the track and everything else, I thought Bulgaria was cool.
2: No one would, no, it'd be, it would be too much of a gamble. It would be like Latvia. Latvia was a cool nation, but not enough, there weren't as many people there. And it didn't yeah. have the same atmosphere. True. And I don't think there's enough room for spectators there either. True. And parking. Remember where we parked? It wasn't a big car park. No. And there wasn't enough hotels. You've got to think of that.
1: Hotels were an issue.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. There's a lot. There's, hey, there's a lot
1: of factors to I,
2: I would like Redbud again. I wouldn't see a problem with going back there for Creek. three years later. We Buds could, Creek would be cool. Unadilla, maybe. That's got, although I hear that, I've never been there, but I hear that's kind of in the middle of the nowhere. Thunder Valley
1: is, was good. Um, I went there in. Uh, two ten, I think. That was cool.
2: I'm trying to think of somewhere other than America where I'd quite like to see it go. Ireland? Is that a joke? Okay, I was just Where? Oh come on, beat that guy. Be that guy. Say it. Well, I think they've got more they've got more tracks than just Desert Martin. Oh, what right you're mate? gonna say Desert Martin. Yeah. Um, I um, don't I've... think so. If they have if they've got more, then why aren't we using them? Why would you say why would that be the thing that comes into your head of all the countries? What about Udavella? I think it's a risk again. Is it? I think just because it's so far every France, Belgium, Germany, all these people have got a fly there.
1: Yeah.
2: And at that point, you've kind of gambling a bit. Yeah, but when you put and, it in America, uh,
1: it's super popular, but everybody from fucking Europe wants to go
2: to America. There isn't enough... Home.
1: But do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it, America's 3,000 miles, I don't know, whatever. Udavala's. Um, everyone's happy to buy a 1,000-pound ticket to go to America.
2: Udavala's pretty limited with parking and spectator areas as well. Actually, I guess you'd get a lot of people on the rock, but still, I don't think if you had 50,000 people, I don't think it would fit.
1: I think, personally, if, if I could have one, it'd be Japan. I think, um, yeah, Japan would be cool.
2: Try, yeah, it's you are kind of limited with the nations because you need tracks that have got a lot of room and viewing and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. Oh, uh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay, that was it. I, I thought enjoyed... you had loads of questions. Yeah, that was loads, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Oh, my laptop just died as well, so I can't see if I missed any. Dick. But yeah, and I thought that was. I liked. I enjoyed that segment. Okay, it's a great uh, debate. There, great work. Great work.
1: Right. So we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about. Let's talk about more silly season. We're going to know a little bit more.
2: More nations.
1: Uh, we're going to talk about m- more nations because more teams are going to be done. And we'll talk about Imola.
2: Yep. And I think there's a chance we may have some more silly season announcements by next Wednesday.
1: Because we'll know a lot of the decisions are going to be made this week with budgets and stuff. Yeah, but I
2: think there may be a PR coming soon. Okay. I don't there know.
1: There we though. go. But no. Watch this space. Watch MXVice.com.
2: If you're looking for a few bargains, have a look on 24MX. Uh, tie down traps of a deal of the week this week. Tie 1999. Down jackpot. And um, everyone needs tie-down straps. Yeah, believe it or not, these guys, are, are
1: they uh, they support everything we do. The reason why we go to GPs, we're able to do this show, we're able to be in this building with this really cool equipment, and all the rest of it is all down to 24 mechs. So without those guys, we wouldn't be doing any of it. So um, any support you can kind of give them with purchases and stuff is always well appreciated by us. That's me, done for the weekend. Uh, the week, weekend? Sorry, weekend. Where we've got no, no, nothing to go to this weekend.
2: You could go to Fox Hill.
1: Fuck that. I didn't even know it was on. What's, what's there? Is it the ADAC? British Vintage Championship? You could
2: go to the ADAC. Okay, yeah. Well, all right. That, um, that'd be quite good. So where's everybody in Europe going to be riding this weekend? I don't know. I kind of started a list. Uh, the Dutch Chip Masters has finished. Okay. Any rounds in the France? The French Championship's finished. Okay. There pro- might be an Italian Prestige Championship. Okay. And that, that's it. I that don't sound too great. So people might be having a weekend off. Well, the Italian. when I say Italian, uh, what's the date this weekend? Is it the 15th? Yeah, I think so. Ben, uh, there's the Belgian international, QVOL, or however you say it.
1: Ah, so people can going to be there. few people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cool. Cool. Well,
1: wherever you ride in, have fun, stay safe, and um, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. The MX, Mx Show.
3: For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian.
0: The MX, Mx Show.